0: Welcome to another episode of the Winner Winner PUBG Podcast, where we bring you tips, tricks, news, interviews, and a whole lot of opinion. I'm your host, Kev, aka The One Heart, and I'm flanked by m Trigger, Heathy Keithy, and Grifflicious. If you haven't heard, our humble podcast Discord has been officially partnered with Discord. What this means is that we have been officially recognized as a legit community, and it affords us better quality voice chat and some pretty cool customization options. That is in addition to the PUBG partnership we got a little while back. It's pretty exciting. Guys, how are you? Trigger, in particular, your interview with Swag was great. I had a blast listening to the interview as it went live, learned a lot about Swag, and was really impressed with your growing interview chops. Well done, dude. How was that? It was awesome, man. Right uh,
1: as we're recording this, man, he just got his skins. So, pretty excited for him. It was awesome to do. And yeah, it was cool to sit down with him. You know, been in his chat, been in his channel, and. It was cool to get that background info. And, you know, after I listened to it back, I honestly, there's a few questions. I kicked myself for not digging into some of them.
0: Yeah. So did you buy your scar skin for him or SLR skin? First thing I did when I got home, it would never be a swag scar skin, would it? But yeah, I got mine too. And my bunny outfit, of course. (laughs) You got the bunny outfit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. That thing's sweet. (laughs) Heathy, how are you?
2: Yeah, man, I'm good. been having a good week time really did enjoy that swag episode as well Just been messing around in the garage building stuff this week just constructed a bit of a microphone stand that i've been 3d printing so we'll uh i'll have to get a video up for that to have a look at see if i can put it together quickly
0: yeah you said you got a new keyboard too did you build that or or is that something uh, a little more regular
2: put the uh razor blade down the box and opened it it's nothing special but it's good to have a new one my um shift key stopped working from being mashed
0: yeah you might need that griff what's going on with you what's new I saw that Winnie headshot you got. Uh, yeah,
3: that's about it. Just trying to practice up for Alex OP's tournament this Friday. And um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I've been busy. A lot of life stuff just taking over. Haven't had as much time to make content as I want to, but finally been, you know, taking a couple nights and streaming here and there. So yeah, same old, same old.
0: Good. Yeah, I'm trying to practice up for that Alex OP tournament. I felt like I was doing pretty good. So I signed up for that tournament and then immediately after started playing like shit again. So we'll see how it goes this weekend. So a lot has happened in the last few weeks in the PUBG world, so buckle up for a long one, everyone. On the docket tonight, we'll be talking about patch 4.2, a significant roadmap for the developers' mission to finally overhaul sound, crazy news for the competitive scene as they head into phase 3, and finally, we'll end with a weapon head-to-head with the M16 versus the Mutant. So let's get started with patch 4.2. What are you guys thinking? What stands out?
1: The first thing that jumped out to me, at least the thing that I want to try in it, is the turning off of the vehicle sounds when you're driving towards somebody. Yes, dude,
3: that's going to be really fun. Have, and have you guys actually gotten to crash someone with it yet? No, not yet. I tried to use it earlier today, but I couldn't figure out what hotkey it actually was supposed to be. So I just said F it and moved on. So it's default Z. And then when you hit W again, it turns it back on.
0: Yeah, and there's a really cool ignition sound too. I think because my Z key
3: is my prone, so I don't know. It didn't work for
2: me. You can't prone on a bicycle or in a car though, so it shouldn't matter. I know,
3: but I I was in a Murado, which is – it has the audible distance of the airplane for some reason. And so, I was trying to see about, you know, turning that off and sneaking Mm. up on somebody, but I realized that was futile pretty quickly. Well, last time you couldn't figure out how to heal and move, so (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> I don't have great confidence in your Z key. I know, right? I'm glad I make videos about how to be good at this game.
0: <laughs> Speaking of the Murado having the audible sound of the airplane and other annoying sounds, we get some sound changes mm-hmm. that you can now mute or not mute, muffle the sounds with the F7 key, which reduces volume by like 50% and makes something like the red zone and gunfire, like really, really manageable.
3: This is the stupidest change I've ever heard. No way. This is up there with grenade timers. Really? With the smoke grenade timers? No, 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 no,
2: no, no. No, we're not going back into the smoke grenade timer thing. But F7 key, you think this is a bad idea or are you just trolling us?
3: No, I sincerely believe it's a bad idea. Here's the problem. You need to be able to hear things. So if something is too loud, then adjust the volume of that sound. I don't see a point in, oh, this is really loud. Let me turn my volume down so I can't hear the other significant sounds I need to be able to hear. It's really short-sighted. It is, it is a band-aid on a gushing
0: wound. I agree. It's like you could fix something or just give us the option to halfway fix it ourselves for a period of time. Just make the red zone. Actually, just take the red zone out and make the other sounds manageable for, for real ears.
2: Yeah, you got like dynamic scaling. So if you just take out all the loud sounds and then what you can hear footsteps at 100 meters, people are still going to turn their headphones up to 100 percent anyway. Do you get what I'm saying like it doesn't matter how much loud sounds you take out people are going to keep turning it up to hear those footsteps in your own car at home you can hear people talking to you while you're in it
3: true i mean the vehicles are way too loud
2: no actually i'm i'm making your point here <laughs> the vehicles are too loud but the red zone i think is you know you're you're in in a storm of explosions it should be it should be deafening
3: it should be but it also shouldn't be in the game at this point
1: let me ask you this, because I think this is related. The reason people turn their volume up so loud in this game is because the slightest little bits of movement that you detect are incredibly important. Absolutely. So there is a huge differential in sound. But let me ask you this. Do you think that you should be able to sit in a spot and look in different directions, like sit in a corner and like look at different windows and stuff and make no noise the way it currently is in the game? No, I don't agree with that either. No, there should be a rustling noise if you're sitting and turning. Yeah, like a squeaky shoe or something like that. I think the reason that everyone has their volume so blasted in this game is because of that scenario of you know that somebody can be in a building and make zero or very little noise. So that getting even that one rustle if they accidentally strafe or, you know, go into like hip fire. Mm. Is incredibly important in this game. So I think on both the not making any movement while moving around, you should make a rustling noise. But I think on the high end, I think also, yeah, it's, it should be deafening. It should be loud, but it, it shouldn't be like, I need to mute the game. All right. Yeah. There's, there's got to be solutions for those extremes. But I, I think they both complement each other because when you're trying to hear that little noise because someone sitting in a corner makes none, yeah, you're going to turn it up as loud as you can because you need that audio cue.
3: Well, and they made very interesting choices, too. Like when they showed off the the rework of the footstep sounds, to me, this still doesn't make any damn sense because before it was a curve and now it's a curve with a drop off at the end. And I'm like, why isn't it just a straight line? It's inaudible at a certain range. But at these points, it becomes more audible. You know what I mean? Like it should just be a I can't hear it. OK, now I can slightly hear it. Now I can hear it more. Now I can hear it more. Like, I don't understand why there's this big dip in the audio when it should just be a straight, you know, A to B.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see how the new curve that they've put in is really going to work. Because I feel like it's going to muddle your ability to detect sound and distance between that like 25 to 50 meter mark. Once it gets down to a certain point, it just levels out and then tapers off really drastically instead of there actually being grades to it Mm -hmm. and how loud it is. So, I don't know if I necessarily think this is going to be the best thing. But there's a whole lot to talk about with sound. There's only two things that are making it into patch 4.2, and that is pressing F7 to overall mute, or not mute, uh, muffle everything and make things a little bit more manageable so when you're in that vehicle and driving, it'll be a little lower, and the plane will be lower, driving a boat will be better, and the red zone will be still shitty but not going to crush your ears. There's a lot more we'll get into, but with patch 4.2, what other things stood out? Well, obviously we
3: went back to random map selection, so we no longer have the featured map, which again, I'm not terribly opposed to it. I just wish they would create an algorithm that would prefer me into maps in which I haven't played. I've gotten more Vikendi games in the past two or three days than I have in months. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, but like I've seen Sandhawk twice, I've seen Miramar twice. Yeah, but small sample size isn't fair when you've got
1: millions of people playing this game.
3: I understand that, but I still think there needs to be something that places you
0: into some sort of priority queue based on your previous maps played. And that's one of the more interesting ones I've heard, too, is based on your small daily sample size, that they would try and give you priority to something that you haven't played as much. I like that. What I don't think people get is that a lot of people are saying, let's do the CSGO plan. Or other plans where you can prefer maps, which really just creates the same problem that map selection did. And that was explained to us. You, know, you just end up having more queues that way. Right. But I think they can hold you a little bit longer, put you in the next available erringall queue because you've only played the other three maps that night. I just don't think people should have the choice all day.
1: Right. And I saw Miramar and Sandhawk in the morning on solo queue today for the first time in... I don't know, six months?
2: Since 4.0 came out?
1: Maybe not six months. (laughs) (laughs) Sandhawk was in the morning, but Miramar in the morning, full solo queue, Lobby launched. Like that that doesn't happen until primetime usually. So I still think it's a good change.
0: Yeah. And so for those maybe unfamiliar, maybe you're playing uh, in a different region or you're playing on console or something. NA now went from having Erangel only for the new update, uh, the visual update, And then having a random queue for the other three maps and now Erangel only goes away and instead we just get all four maps random and it's supposed to have a 25% chance for each one. I think it's been working well in the random queue with just the three and I've been kind of getting tired of having just Erangel as a choice and just ready for this random change so that it becomes even more varied through one queue. I just think it's healthy for the game EU still has full map selection as well as most of the Asian regions and stuff. They have just a healthier player base, so they can still do that. But I wouldn't be surprised if some things happen in the future that make it so that they can't have it unless some really good things happen and the player base grows worldwide. Yeah, and I think one
1: of the things to – or at least that I've looked at for myself – is when we could play erangel and sandhawk i played you know 70 plus percent sandhawk and i kind of lulled myself into thinking that you know sandhawk's the best map or this is the map that i prefer but it really had a lot to do with the one being available fast queue times can get a match can get in a fight one of the things i've noticed just in the test realm and actually really just from the random map plus Erangel. I've been playing a lot more Vikendi and Miramar which I wasn't playing a few months ago and what I've realized is that I really like just playing PUBG. I don't really care what map it's on. It does change But yeah, like if there's any map I don't like playing a lot of it's Vikendi. So like I hear you, Griff, like I like playing Vikendi. I just don't like playing a lot
3: of it in a row.
2: I was just a bit to ask that. I
3: really like it being in the mix. And that's my problem, like because I've gotten out of five games, I got three Vikendi games. That shouldn't happen. Why? Well, it's random
1: though. So yeah, it's
2: random, exactly. It
1: will. It's going to happen in some low percentage chance. It, it may feel like it's not, but that's the nature of random.
2: So. Just to clarify, so Griff wants an algorithm that is random, but it will see that you just had Vikendi three times and just hold you over for a few minutes and drop you not in Vikendi on the next time you queue? Is that- what do you get on full group?
3: Basically. Yeah, something to that effect. Like if it says you have a 25% chance of getting on all the maps, right? Mm-hmm. Bam. First map, Vikendi. Okay. After you play that match, Vikendi now goes to a lower percentage and the other three maps move up to a higher percentage.
2: Right. It sounds doable.
0: Yeah, but that, so the difference between that in my mind and, you know, I'd love to be corrected. It's not giving a whole set of people an actual choice where they can block out a map and kill a map by themselves, but it will on an individual basis on a specific instance, kill that option for the map for just them. So if they played three, four candy in a row or in the last hour or two, then they're gonna be like, you know what, let's lower their chances. But it's not doing – it's not lowering the chances for everyone, it's just on an individual basis holding them a little bit. I think that may I think that still helps keep less Qs in rotation. Sure. Well, and
3: and I understand that like people would probably bring up like, well, if somebody got Vakendi, they would just back out and it would put them in something else. I'm like, well, you could make it to where they have to either play until they're dead or they have to play for X amount of minutes, you know.
2: don't like that, man. No more tyranny. We got enough tyranny.
3: (laughs) I just keep coming back to the original
1: conversation that we had about this with Corrigan, where he said changes were coming. They're making match, making changes so that they can fix stuff in the future. We've seen random three plus a featured map. We're now seeing random... What I'm hopeful for is that if this doesn't work or the algorithm's messed up and it's giving maps too much time, they've made pretty quick changes. I mean, this is pretty fresh. Hopefully they keep iterating on it. And if we need lever penalties, if we need an algorithm that doesn't let you get Vikendi again, great. But I I'm just hopeful that the trend continues, that they're gonna be moving and shaking it until we find something that really works. Because so far it, it hasn't worked perfectly. I don't know. Some people would argue it hasn't worked very well. I'm finding that I'm enjoying playing the maps I wasn't playing very often. So for me, it's working, but there's a lot of people out there that is not working for it yet.
3: No, I agree. Like I, I'm i really happy to be playing on these other maps, especially Miramar. In my opinion, it's a pretty underrated map, but I know that people consider it to probably be one of the weakest, at least until Vikendi came out, and then that kind of took the, the crown, but I don't know, man. It's you mentioned leave penalties and that's something that a lot of other games have and not necessarily like strictly competitive but like even in their casual games so i would be interested to see how something like that would be implemented or how negatively it would impact the player base i don't know how many more quote-unquote mistakes PUBG could make until people are just like completely fed up and player base just drops off entirely
1: do you think this is a mistake though like that's a pretty interesting word
3: no 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 i just mean like making moves that are relatively disagreed upon by the community. I I say the community, I mean, we're talking about the vocal minority of players on Reddit and Twitter who...
1: In North America.
3: (laughs) Who just complain into the void. Like, I can't tell you every day, every day, I see upwards of like five to 10 posts about like, oh, desync this and, and my game crashes this and this is unplayable. And I'm like, I've literally had none of these problems. And I just keep scrolling. I I read them and I see whether or not they're making a valid argument or if they're just, you know, bitching into the void. But either way, it's like, I understand that maybe this is a problem for you. And some of it may be a bit of a placebo effect. But honestly, I think for the majority of players, this is probably an okay move. And most of the things they're doing is okay. You know, we just sit back and go, that's eh, still PUBG, you know, game's still great. I, I don't know under- understand why anybody's complaining. It's tough. Like, hey, we want to listen to our community. But when that's like less than 10% of your player base, like, can you really take what they have to say other than face value?
0: Well, another thing I'm seeing is people are getting a lot of confirmation bias who are unhappy because they go to Reddit and they see 10 more posts from that day. Of people saying the same thing as them that matchmaking's broken and that they're going to quit until they can play Sanhok or Aren'gall only as much as they want because it has the good loot or whatever their their reasoning is. None of them are gaining traction. It's only being upvoted by the same ten people and downvoted by the same you know ten people. It's it's the same people right having that argument against it. And it's like we've asked for better ranked play and things like that. We can't get all these different new things without taking away some old things and we used to not have map selection or we had map selection when it was just two maps and miramar still struggled to get people to play it then they gave all these other maps to us and of course things are going to die because people just get a meta around one specific thing but the other maps aren't that bad like the the loot's not actually that bad on miramar no you got to know where to find him it might take you a little bit longer to find everything you need but I don't think every map needs to, to spoon feed you. And also, I mean, if, if it's really just about the guns and everything, maybe you need to just bite the bullet and wait. And then all the maps will be so much better because when we get ranked play, there will be way different loot pools and there will be way different circle settings and you'll be able to get that fight you want. Now, you're not going to get the hot drop fights probably, at least not in squads. It'll probably play out like a normal, you know, esports mode after a while where teams are making really strong rotations and making you pay when yours are sloppy. And and then and then the endgame will be crazier. But it'll you'll have the loot.
1: I was say, see, I disagree with that because with your statement about the Miramar loot. I think Vikendi to me is tolerable because they changed the loot. They drastically increased ARs and sniper rifles compared to SMGs. I think Miramar is best suited for mid and long range combat, and I think there are too few scopes, too few snipers, too few ARs. I think if there's any map, it's the biggest one. Like, it should have good loot and lots of it because it's really fun to have 400 plus meter sniper shots. That's what that map is made for, in my opinion. I, th- I think it needs a loot rehaul. I, d- I don't think it's anywhere close to being okay as far as loot goes.
0: I'm not arguing that it's perfect or that it couldn't use a visual overhaul as well. But it's not as bad as some people make it sound like. If you land at decent locations... You're going to walk out
2: with some good stuff. No, that is flat out not true. I have done this Yeah, I just don't agree times. with that at all. Yeah. Right? <laughs> just going from one great compound to the next looking for anything. Like, I mean, something I can shoot over 100 meters with for the first 10 minutes of each round. This happened the other night. I got Miramar over and over again, and I just could not find a gun and a scope. So it was about six rounds worth.
1: Yeah, and on that map, it feels horrible if you mm-hmm. go into the mid game with a 2x. Like, it just doesn't work well.
3: Well, I saw something today I'm going to bring up here in a second, but to put a finger on something that I think the other maps, why people prefer Sandhawk, I don't think it's because it's small or because the loot is so great, even though that is a big part of it. I think increasing the loot a little bit on each of these maps would be awesome, but I think more than anything why people like Sandhawk is pacing. I think that's kind of like that there's a secret sauce in how fast and phonetic the games feel. Compared to the other maps. And I think, you know, people like, oh, Miramar is so slow and it's so boring and so big. It's like, you know, if they just ramp those up a little bit, like, look at our custom games. I can't think of a time where those are boring. Now, our circle settings are, you know, batshit extreme, but those games are hellaciously fun because there's never a moment where you just get to like sit back and wait. And I, I've had games in Miramar where like I've had to walk away from my computer for something and I just like, oh, I'm gonna sit in the shack. And I I came back five minutes later and I was still in the circle and like nothing had happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well cool. This is definitely just a press auto run, go make a sandwich and come back and I'll probably be in the zone and nothing will happen, you know? See, I I just don't think it's the pacing. I think the reason
1: Sandhawk gets called third party meta is because the pacing is such that people move into these awesome high loot locations or you can get really good loot all over the place, but it's so small that the pacing is, you know, it's constantly third party. So I don't know, man, that's that's an interesting take. I just, I think it has a lot to do with the loot. I also think it has a a lot to do with unique high lootable compounds like Paradise, like Boot Camp, Painan, hot Tin. Like the entire map is full of these big high loot areas. Whereas on Miramar, yeah, there's probably the same number of them, but they are way spread out. And the compounds in between them, like if you look at Miramar, it's like a god tier and one of the big green warehouses. And if you don't find a gun or a scope in those, you're running like a mile
3: to the next lootable spot. Whereas Sandhawk, it's like 10 feet away. The thing I was going to bring up that I saw somebody made an argument about this on Reddit today, and I thought it was actually a really interesting take. His opinion was that PUBG is set up in such a way that like it reaches a point where it's inefficient to loot anymore. And like the idea is that you should be wanting to loot other players because chances are they've probably done the job of looting the more valuable items for you. And so that should be your focus is looting players, not looting buildings. And I'm like, I kind of get that. But at the same time, it's like I would also like to be evenly matched against my opponent. You know, I don't want to be constantly underdogging it, trying to get, you know, their better stuff just because I was unfortunate in the loot that I got.
0: Those victories when you're when you're severely underpowered, like you hear the sniper that you want. And so you just go and take it, even though you have pretty crappy loot. Those are your those are your favorite kills of the night. Mm -hmm. Those are those are the fights you remember on a bigger map. You might actually have the time. To take the one on one team fight or one on one, you know, solo, but you actually will get the chance.
3: I'll tell you, I had no business fighting this car ninety eight with a VSS the other day. It, it was pretty one sided stomp, and he quickly made sure of that.
2: <laughs> I thought that story was going to end differently.
3: Nope. I, I was, I did that
0: move where I was like, I think I could keep. Nope. All right, so I mean, overall, I am enjoying random map pool right now. I think that's. Step in the right direction, honestly. And what I would like to see next is to see that Miramar overhaul. Let's play with the loot. It's fine. I'm I'm for it. I don't I don't mind having a Miramar with more loot. I don't think it's perfect today. I just. I don't think it's as bad as everyone's worried about. That's my opinion.
2: Is that on the cards? Have they said they're going to do an overhaul of Miramar?
0: They just did Erangel because it wasn't up.
2: Oh, sorry. I know it definitely does. But have they actually said it? Like, do we we know that?
0: No, 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 no. We, you know, we don't know everything that's going on. It just seems to make sense. If they're going to do anything, like, I wouldn't want them to be working on another map or anything else. I want the map team working with what we have. We have four unique biomes. Let's make our desert one a little bit better. You know, Mike, to your point earlier
3: about increasing the loot on Miramar, it's interesting whenever PUBG released Vikendi, they were very, it's funny how wrong they were, but we're like, we made this map and we wanted to focus on CQC combat, so SMGs are going to be the primary weapon. And it's like, uh, everybody with a sniper or a DMR or even an AR is eating everybody else's lunch. Because the map that you made does not support the decisions that you wanted to implement gameplay wise. So with Miramar, they should absolutely do something like that. It's like, hey, we've got this big ass open map. Let's tailor it a little bit more to these longer range engagements and, you know, medium range engagements. Honestly, that's a map where if they took out a few weapons, I would be perfectly happy with I'm Like I, that map has no business having shotguns. Even though I know that, what is it? The double barrel was like the exclusive on that map for a while. Yeah. Just take the Winnie off of Miramar It's fine.
2: <laughs> I, was, I was holding back from saying that myself. <laughs> just a cheap blow, Griff.
1: You guys are haters. Haters. I'm getting better at the Winnie because of customs though honestly it's become actually something i'll pick up and shoot so thank you customs
3: which customs are those mike those are the customs that
1: we
0: hold every friday night unless there's a tournament that we're supporting every friday at 10 est you can come to the discord and join us
3: so you'd have to go to the winner winner podcast discord and sign up for or not sign up just join in on our custom games every friday night is that right
0: just show up and if you want to watch you can go to MTB triggers twitch channel
3: or griff griff's been streaming them too I'm usually late though, because I suck and have a baby.
0: Sometimes that doesn't
3: hold me back though. <laughs> Last week I streamed with a baby for like 20 minutes,
1: bouncing them on your knee. But yeah, they they've honestly been growing too. We've had quite a few people showing up. We've got some regulars now, and I think I'll save it for later. But we got some cool stuff coming up for oh, those dang. customers' games.
0: Yeah, and so you'll find Trigger hosting those on his Twitch, and uh, you know, because he is the uh, Grandmaster of ceremonies. Uh, I use that term lightly because we do have some circle settings to work out. (laughs) Nah, I'm just digging. He's He's doing damn well at them, and I have no idea how to do it in his place, so don't ever miss Fridays.
1: I don't intend to, except for this Friday for the tournament that I'm casting with Alex OP. But the settings are super challenging sometimes. Like, some of the guns just don't like to play nicely with the settings like the winchester's hard crossbows hard deagle we've got figured out but some of them just don't like to spawn when you turn them all the way up so we're still figuring it out and then the circle settings are just like <laughs> my fault there i can't blame anybody because there's so many like <laughs> different <laughs> numbers that you can change to make them perfect but last last week was
0: a little bit brutal yeah but it's all trial and error and, and when it is wrong those can be some of the funnier you know custom matches of the night because we'll end up having just one crossbow so we all run after the one guy with a crossbow and beat the crap out of him you know
3: 15 guys running through the blue with no weapons like just trying to make what was that one game where like the blue just killed six people at once yeah i i it was supposed to be 0.3 damage or 0.3
1: dps and it was three dps (laughs) on phase three dude that shit was horrible (laughs) everyone just fell over
2: i was so mad that Winchester game where the um i think there's about 6 Winchesters to 20 people and we've been lining up like the the film enemy in the gates like right. waiting for one person to die and we're like don't don't let, you let shoot.
1: them pick the gun up
2: first I love those
3: games yeah. they're dumb but they're actually some of the best fun i think we have so yeah and,
1: and the the biggest thing that we try to do if you haven't come in or you're thinking about it and since we're talking about it we might as well but we try to keep the in-between game time short because if you've ever played Customs, sometimes it takes forever to get to the next game. So mm-hmm. we kind of have a little script of what we're going to play and we're open to suggestions and we do it. But the, the in-between game time is relatively short. At least that's what we're trying to do to keep the action moving. And we do a lot of three times loot. And that's what everyone wants is a little bit of meme game, a little bit of three times loot, and we get after it.
3: Of course, the headshot only car 98 M24 with red dots was, was a hell of a fun
0: game. Yeah, and there's just so many options. That was that's what makes customs fun, is you just get to mess with the normal game, the normal meta, and just you just switch you know, switch things up. Alright, so let's get through some of these other patch changes. Starting off we have some vehicle handling improvements. Uh, this improves vehicle handling of the scooter, snowmobile, snowbike, and motorcycle with sidecar, which improves the overall stability. The motorcycle with the sidecar in particular, it's off road driving control and stability has been greatly improved. That'll be good. Yeah, because that is god-awful.
1: Yeah, I tried to find one. I couldn't find one, but I'm glad for this.
2: I, fe- I found one I did, just didn't notice at all. I didn't I didn't know that was in the notes, And but I was driving it. It didn't feel any different. It still felt like a piece of garbage, but maybe I didn't drive it enough.
3: Well, maybe now it's just fresh garbage. Were you going off-road?
2: hmm always. <laughs> I actually did the, the – was trying to turn the motor off thing and swap seats, and I was coming in on a drop and I forgot to swap to the actual sidecar seat. I swapped to the back seat, and I didn't have an SMG, so I just rolled right onto a drop with my hands stuck by my sides and just got my head blown off.
0: (laughs) Half the battle was won. (laughs) So uh, the vehicle handling should be nice. The next one is altered blue zone edge uh, visual effect. So it says, to improve the gameplay experience, the rolling shimmer effect seen while at the edge of the blue zone will no longer be seen at the center of the screen where the player is aiming. So it should be easier to shoot in and out of the blue zone. Uh, It won't hide you as much. So I'm interested to see how that how much that changes things. It's probably going to be pretty small, but definitely helpful when when you need it. It's amazing how many iterations
3: of the blue zone visual effects we've gone through just in the past year. Like, I don't know what it is, but it seems like that's something that I guess they just don't know how to get right. I, I don't know. Well, I
1: think this is a good change because this favors the person in the zone, right? Because they're safe or relatively more safe. And it was pretty obnoxious when you've got the positioning because you moved first and there's somebody moving in, whether right at you or another direction, and you can't really see through the blue zone and they're running to get in and that shimmer would make it so you couldn't target them or hit them. I think this is a good change because it just favors the positioning, the tactical decisions of getting to the circle faster. Because it was awful if you were like, I can't see them. I'm just spraying in there and then they pop out and shoot you. That wasn't the greatest. So it's going to
3: help both sides, but I think it favors the person inside. I wonder how much this affects the positioning. If it's talking about like you looking straight into the blue zone or you being on the edge looking
0: through the edge, you know what I mean? Kind of like through that thicker filter. It's specifically going to be helpful while aiming. Right. So, if you're just looking, I don't think it's going to be doing much for you. But the moment you hit your aim or ADS button, I believe it'll get a lot easier and a lot more clarity. But I just mean the difference between like looking at it like if you're
3: parallel with it or if you're perpendicular with it. Does that make sense? It says what, straight in the center of the
0: screen.
1: Now he's talking about your angle looking at the wall though.
0: Just Oh, just your yeah. straight angle? I think it's just your, your head positioning. Just whatever's in the middle, I think it'll probably work. But I, I didn't, like, worry about it enough to, to really get in and test it mm-hmm. on the test server either.
1: Yeah, I hope it's just something that we just don't complain about anymore. To your point, Griff, like, there's so many iterations, maybe it just doesn't need anymore. Right.
0: Right. Yeah, I didn't feel like it was particularly bad at this point. Yeah. But if it gets a little bit better, I'm not going to, you know, worry. I'm not going to complain or, or, like, you know, I don't think it's going to change a ton of how my games play out. But I kind of don't mind it being an obstacle. I mean, that's kind of what it's intended to be, in a sense. Other improved visibility is reticles against bright backgrounds. So if you remember when Vikendi dropped, people were basically saying, I'm not even going to use a red dot, I'm going to use the hollow because I can't see my freaking dot.
3: Yeah, that was a problem.
0: This says uh, the visibility of all sight and scope reticles against bright backgrounds, such as Vikendi Snowfields, has been slightly improved. So hopefully that's something that you'll maybe not even notice. Maybe it'll just be fine. It's another thing that if done right, You don't notice much at all. It just now just feels right.
1: Dude, I went and tested this right before we recorded and I didn't notice any difference. I still couldn't see my green crosshairs in the snow.
2: You know, you can roll the mouse wheel and change the tone of it. Do what? You roll the mouse wheel and it goes from green to black.
1: Yeah, but. On a 3X. No way, man. It can't change it. Green sends Counter-Strike 1.5. Can't change it now.
3: Well, I noticed the other day I had a game on Erangel and I looked up with the red dot. And I actually lost my dot in the sky. It was like overcast. And it was the first time I'd ever noticed that on a different map other than McKendie. And I was like, oh. All right.
0: Here's another change that I'm really excited about. uh, The throwables friction adjustment. So they've adjusted the friction force of throwables to make the rolling movement more consistent and predictable. So for smoke grenades.
2: Why are you excited?
0: How many times have you been in a bad situation where your buddy's down and you go to throw (laughs) a friggin' smoke grenade and you bounce it way the hell past them
2: but doesn't this say it's going to bounce more not less no
0: the friction force has been increased to slow the rolling speed oh, of the smokes so you know it'll be just stickier every time you throw a smoke mm-hmm. but the stuns and oh. frags the friction force has been decreased thus speeding up that rolling oh. speed so those are going to bounce more you are going to be able to eat them a little bit further Heath, your science club is going to be so
1: disappointed in you asking about friction.
2: I know. <laughs> I just got it the wrong way around. Friction increase. Yeah. But I kind of like that with the grenades, with the decrease. Like you'd be able to do those snooker shots around corners and down hallways.
0: Yeah. And that, and that would be interesting too. Maybe the maybe the bounce plays are going to be more fun. I'm not so much worried about the stuns and the, and the frags, but the smoke grenades being stickier to the ground is something I think. Will be really helpful because I'm not trying to worry about how perfect that is. I just want to throw it at my buddy and let him, you know, get a chance to be picked up. And I just think that everyone's been there where you just throw it, it bounces too far, and your buddy's like, "Great smoke!" It's not on me though, so they just get headshot, you know, and it's over. So I think that'll, I think it'll be really good. I think that will be something that we definitely notice. Uh, we already talked about the vehicle engine toggle, but just to Reiterate that, it's uh you can turn it off by pressing Z and then pressing W will start it back up again. Vehicle engines will automatically be turned off if the vehicle stays at a standstill for eight seconds or two seconds after the driver disembarks. In addition to that with the vehicles, this is a bug fix, but they said that the vehicle humping, when you park it right next to a wall and it just continually just hits it, that that should be fixed. Now I've seen a couple people say it still kinda does that, depending on Certain factors, but hopefully it's greatly reduced because that is really annoying when you crash a compound, finish your fight, and you still hear that vehicle just constantly crashing into the wall. Yeah, it's a huge annoyance. I
2: agree. It's like it's like when someone leaves the light on. You know, like you kind of decide who's going to go out and move the car. Yeah. Yeah. You guys do that with your squad? I always find out what we're all going No, You go, you go move. No, I'm not moving. We, we're safe.
0: Yeah, it's usually the guy who has enough loot, but is just fed up. Everyone else is like, I'm going to keep moving. Yeah. yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was, it was really dumb. I didn't like it. So we're going to talk about the overall sound updates that are coming over the next several months. But the sound improvements we get on patch 4.2 is a master volume slider. So you can, sorry, it's a previewer. Max, master volume previewer. So you can set, you could always set your master volume in the game, which most people have all the way up, but now you can press a play button and it'll test the loudest and worst sounds in the game for you, so you can know before you start your first game if this thing's going to crush you. Um, most of us already know that, but it'll be maybe good for new players. That other thing is the instant volume reducer, uh, hitting the F7 key. I call it my muffler. Good, but again, probably something that they shouldn't have had to implement if they just made those horrible sounds a little better and gotten rid of redsons so that's really it for a lot of the main updates that we're going to get and then we have a survivor pass aftermath what do you guys think of this pass
3: uh in what way is it different to the one that's already on the live server i thought that's what this is i thought this was a aftermath
2: survivor pass mm. yeah well,
0: okay so it's saying something about this hot time
2: that's the community ones they've, they've been in action already since the start of 4.0
1: oh so we just have been getting things because other people
3: are doing stuff
2: yeah, because we're all yeah. doing it together. It's yeah, like if the are...
3: community collectively gets, you know, X amount of headshots ah, with a certain okay. weapon or something. I'm, I don't think that's a thing, but I'm just throwing out examples. All right,
0: so that's actually it for the past. Sorry, everyone. Um, but how are you, like, in the past? How far are you guys getting? Uh, good. I'm in the low 20s right now. Yeah, I think, I think I'm at, like, 25, 26. I know Trigger's been playing a bunch, probably a little further. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like,
1: yeah, yeah me, me too. Uh <laughs> Triggers think, it like I'm 50? looking. I think I, I'm up there. I'm in, I'm in the 50s, I think. Heath, do, do you have a pass? or? or?
2: Oh, sorry. I was just going to say the same thing again. I was just going to leave it out. But uh, yeah, yeah. I think I'm in the 50s as well. I don't really notice it, I suppose. like The daily missions are kind of boring. Yeah, you know, Take a med kit or whatever. And I like the gun missions, though. They're quite great. I'm grinding for those gun skins.
0: Yeah, I've I've been telling yeah, myself about to grind harder, but I really got to set some time up and actually do it. I end up just bullshitting with my friends like I always do. Yeah, boy. I'm at 48. 48. Had to check. Had to check.
1: What's the max level? Uh, it's indefinite. You 100 is the last reward. Right, that's what I was looking for. You keep going more. beyond 100 to get more keys to unlock the stuff in the key store. Or pa- coupon store? What are those things? Yeah, coupons. I'm a coupon.
0: So that was really it for the past. I kind of misread that on uh, the update thing. My bad. Uh, Then we move on to the world, and they added some dynamic weather back to Erangel, and that includes a hail mode, which really just feels like a light rain, but with some slightly louder effects on certain materials. It's not been too noticeable, though. But yeah, that means, like, fog and, and wind and all that other stuff is back, so...
2: When you, when you say back, what are you talking about? When when did it, was it in? Erangel had dynamic weather before. Well,
0: not, not dynamic weather, but it had It weather. had fog and so heavy just rain. Forget and it just, it's been a while. I don't, I don't really remember why it was gone.
3: Yeah, even way, way back in the day, like when it was in alpha, I think it had dynamic weather, but then they got
0: rid of it for a while. I used to be really amused by fog when I was first starting off and because it, it came to Xbox like a lot later. For so long, we just didn't have it. And then we finally got it. And I, I remember being really amused by it. I mean, like, oh, I'm going to be... I'm going to be sneaky. I'm going to grab my VSS and, and troll and do all this other stuff. But the more time goes on, the less I like the fog in particular. Rain can be a little interesting, but when it's super deafening, that heavy, heavy rain is not the best to fight in.
3: It's not, but I kind of enjoy it. I just enjoy it being different. I, I like the ones that don't affect your ability to
1: see things. Like the rain, it does it minorly, but I just don't think it's fun to be impaired by the fog. Especially when it's on Miramar, Erangel, and you finally got your Kar98 with your 6x or your 8x, and then the fog rolls in, and it just nullifies your secondary weapon. I, it Honestly, I can't stand the fog. I think it's the worst thing to add back into any map.
0: It definitely slows down the pace of the game. There's, there's a lot of times where you're, you'd be willing to push another team or do something else, but you end up instead having to just hunker down throughout the fog period and then... There's this like huge team relief and rejoicing that happens when the fog finally lifts for the end of the game. And if you've made it through that, you're in a pretty good mood. But it's yeah, it could be a damper. If you start off with a really strong drop, you've got everything you need, you all have a couple kills, and that stops you dead in your tracks, that might be annoying. But if you're a team that has to make some big rotations, it might be welcome to get you safely where you need to go.
2: I'd like to see the fog get a bit of weight to it, as in like to fill the valleys with fog when it's foggy, not the whole map, just the lower, you know, like the swamps and the plains and the lowlands.
0: Oh, like trying to trying to get above it. Oh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, and but you can use the fog to get across an open plain and then come up on the hills where you're going to be exposed. So it has its advantages and disadvantages. What a dynamic thought that is, Heath. Well, oh, thank you. See what you did there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, or even you could have a cloud come down, say, onto Everest. So does everyone call it Everest, that big hill near Georgia, Paul? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like So to the, to the top, you could actually go through it. So at the top, you could be exposed completely. And then halfway down, there's that band of cloud.
3: That would be a cool tactical way to implement that.
0: Well, I think making it as high as half of Everest would be a little much. But putting it on the lowest levels where it's just over your head could be interesting. Thinking more on like a sandhawk where that could be interesting because there's a lot more small and, you know, noticeable undulations and everything where you go up and down very often instead of a vikendi where it's really long, long angles down a Mount Kresnik or something.
2: Yeah. Can you imagine, like, the quarry? Like, uh, what's the one from Star Wars where he goes to visit Yoda? Dagobah? mm mm-hmm. You know, like it's just a big foggy pond? mm mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Dagobah. use that in a sentence this week, everybody. That's your challenge.
0: Dagaba. Mm, <laughs> bodegas.
3: That well, it kind of works.
2: <laughs> Moving is it, is it on. Bodega Bar or Dagobah?
3: No, it is Dagobah, but I was Bodega.
1: I feel like the outfit I normally wear in the game kind of looks like Luke Skywalker did when he was on Dagobah. So like dirty, like dirty
0: tan shirt and pants? Yeah, and now I look like Ralph from uh, <laughs> Christmas Story or whatever it is uh, <laughs> with his rabbit <laughs> outfit he's not too happy about. I actually was watching Hallie with that rabbit outfit
1: on, right, and they were on the lobby screen today and i was really impressed with the physics of the sweatshirt have you noticed that yet uh-uh. that's why it's the only part of it i actually wanted to buy it's really cool just like the next time you see somebody with it in the lobby like on twitch or if you buy it just to look at the sweatshirt look at how it moves it's really neat
0: yeah what i like is it's got that effect of the harley quinn pigtails when you're uh flying in you see them just flapping in the wind as you're skydiving it's oh, that's pretty, awesome! Really funny. That's yeah, cool. It, it's pretty funny, and like in the day, you're gonna put a helmet on, and those those flappy ears go away. But it's just funny. I I, don't, I like a little bit of the absurd in my games. I don't want it to be as crazy as Fortnite, but this is this is about as fun as all. Oh allow, Right. Anyway, moving on, we have some new destructible objects on Arangol. Uh guys. What is the one place that you're most likely to uh, die if you're driving on the roads through Erangel? The bridge. Bollocks. <laughs> Milta. No, no. What is it? No. Oh, my gosh. It's... Oh,
2: no. Yasnaya.
0: Is it Milta? Well, you know what? Yasnaya is the same. I feel like Milta and Yasnaya are both acceptable answers. But anywhere that has those damn orange cones and the little, you know, just uh, red and white traffic blockers, those things are annoying because in real life you can kick them with your foot and they'll go flying 20 feet (laughs) in this game you take a Dacia and it just blows up when you run into it now funny thing i was watching a clip that Hambino posted today and he ran into one of the white and red uh little signs that are like made of wood or whatever he ran into it from Mm -hmm. the side so the v part in the side, it's like, you can see through yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and it, it did not break, so they're going to have to do a quick little fix on, <laughs> on the coding for that, because if you run into it from a certain angle, it won't actually do what it's supposed to do. It'd be like running into a hay bale and finding out it doesn't actually blow up. Did he stare down the camera after that? Uh, in the clip that I saw, it had already happened, and he was testing it again, and just doing oh. like it so he could get the, the report out on, on day one. He wasn't he wasn't too mad, but he was just like, come on, really? Because like, it, it, t- it chunked like half his health, and and more than half of his vehicle health, and I think he had a pretty long way to go. Has,
2: has anyone crashed into the hay bales in Miramar or Vikendi yet, yes. <laughs> expecting them to explode? Yeah. I
0: haven't. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been pretty yeah, good about not too doing Too many that. times. Yeah, you'll do it once, and then you'll remember. So, ever since Vikendi got its loot buff, there's been people who are saying, that's great, you know, and the frame rate's better, that's great, but I'm not playing that goddamn map until they get rid of that goddamn wind. Well... For those, you're in luck. The Bekendi ambient noise adjustment, the volume of Akendi's ambient wind noise has been reduced. I wish they gave us a real percentage on that. And other things.
3: Yeah, because I can still hear sorry, it when I'm the sorry, game loads in. in. It's, still it's, there, there, man. it's still there, but it's still there, but it's not
0: deafening anymore. Yeah, it's not crushing me as much as it used to.
2: Huh. It's good. It's I like it. Why we call it you ASMR? You know?
0: <laughs> Maybe next they'll fix the uh damn ocean sounds. Hmm. Oh, well.
2: but well, we've got F7 now.
0: Um, other than that, they've removed the PUBG esports signage for the Met Asia series and the PUBG Nations Cup. Great, you know, it's always fun to see those um, ads in game. But it'd be interesting they could put it in for things other than comp, or maybe just make the things they do have in for comp a little more interactive. Like, what if you could, what if you could find the schedule? on a wall projected somewhere or something. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. And it's like live updates or something. Uh, There could be fun things you can do in-game for that. All right, let's move on to something that I don't think we're all going to be too happy about here. And that's the UI changes. Anyone have anything to say about those UI
1: changes? I will say this. When we were talking about this while we were playing in the test realm the other day, I did not like it, but I played for about 45 minutes today on the live realm. And I found myself in a position where I'm now used to it. Mm -hmm. And I think by the time this episode releases, most people will be used to it. And the thing that I actually liked was the helm and the vest indicator for how much hit points is remaining. I found that incredibly useful today after I got into it. The one that I can't stand is the change on the ammunition, just having the graphic and not the word single burst or auto. That one's driving me nuts because I look at it I'm like, wait, am I a burst or am I an auto? Like, it's just not
0: clear enough. That one's a little goofy as well. I can't stand that one. It could have been done okay for a visual representation if auto was five bullets, if burst was three, and if a single fire weapon was on single, it was one bullet, a big chunky bullet. That could work. It's got to be different sizes. Instead, what we have is five or six bullets stacked on top of each other like a clip. And if it's full auto, they're just pure white. If it's single, the top bullet is white. The rest are gray. And if it's burst, two or three of them are. I mean, it is really going to get confusing, especially in any weapon with three different modes. You know, some some guns like the Vector have three different modes. And I mean, Look I don't see the barrel. Does the, wait, the barrel does? Mm-hmm. Barrel has burst fire. Yeah. Nobody uses it, but yeah, it exists. <laughs> I, I, so I just, I think that that could be, if they want to stick with a visual style, I think they need to revisit it. And I think that I like the way Apex Legends does it, where it's either one solid bullet or it's, it looks like three or four uh, lined up on each other. And it's not the same exact look pubs PUBG went for, but I think it's more immediately uh, visible and, and readable.
3: Like, I understand that they were going for a more minimalism design, but... Taking the words out just seemed unnecessary.
1: But the words back in, I don't care what you do with the bullets.
0: Just give me a toggle. You know, you have the option for the kill feed to see names plus the the weapon icon, which I like, or you can just have it all words. Why Why can't I get the same thing for that?
2: Do you think it's about a universal language? Like, I don't know if they write it in different languages, the word order, you know, whether it's just written in English for every iteration of the game.
1: I hate that I have to back off of my anger because of your logic
0: right now.
2: <laughs> There's no way that it
0: doesn't switch based on language.
1: Yeah, but I think that's just extra coding time, right? And it's probably one of those things that shows up in a
0: bunch of places. It was already coded. It's already been there forever. What's the the big deal? Just give me an option to put it back to classic. The other things are great. And, Heathy, you found something <laughs> that's pretty great uh, regarding the backpack when it fills up. You explain that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was – the old system had this as well. It did? When you looked in your actual inventory. But, yeah, you know, I like that backpack, how it fills up from the bottom. But it makes me – when I quickly glance at it now, I think my backpack's half broken. <laughs> yeah, you know, like your helmet's half broken.
0: But didn't you say when it fills all the way up, it blinks red now? So, you know, you can't get any more? And that's, like, on the bottom bar, not in your actual inventory.
2: So, it, it stays blinking all the time when it's full?
0: No, I think I think – I thought you were saying that it blinks, like, two times or something. On on the I wasn't bottom part of, the of this conversation. Was I playing with someone else when I heard that?
2: Yeah, it was someone else, dude. All
0: right, that's what I think I heard from someone, but now I'm now I need to confirm it. What if I'm lying? I'm scared. No, I was there. I just don't remember who it was. It wasn't Heath?
2: <laughs> hmm. It wasn't me. Okay. I,
0: well, apparently someone figured it out that you know on the bottom of your screen when you fill the backpack up all the way. Aside from that little notice that you know your loot. You know you can't pick up anything more up, and and the words become red. Apparently that will. Actually, the backpack icon will blink a bit just to to show that it's full. All right. So, uh, the UI is just something that I'm not huge on just with that bullet bullet thing. But other than that, I mean, there's not much else to say on the UI updates. They tend to just do small ones every other patch or something like that. Um, Other than that, we have custom matches, a little bit of an update. So, you can finally get the Erangel update, Erangel remastered in custom matches. But you can also still play classic Erangel. Uh, that version will be called Erangel Classic. And uh, all game modes are going to be playable on both variants. So interesting. There's five maps now, six maps. Really, if you consider Jackal an option for, for a lot of it, or for at least War Mode, there's five to six maps you can play on. I think that's pretty great. Yeah, I think it's
1: cool they left the old one in there. I would imagine that's mostly for esports and scrim purposes, but it's kind of neat that, you know, you can go back in and check it out or if there's a particular mode you like to play on it
0: that you can do it yeah i think it'll be nice uh when we do our customs when you know every once in a while we'll just be able to throw it back on old erin i don't know if we'll be rushing to do that on the next one since it'll be our first time getting to do our customs on the new one but you know a month or two from now it might be nice to just be like let's go look at that uh the old one with all that sentimental goodness all right other than that we have some new skins and items in the game bp purchasable items include a vector and slr battle stat skin so those will be priced relatively the same as the m16 i think it'll be something around 62 68000 bp they're going to be the same as the last battle stat skin it's just that teal blue riptide skin so it's not super exciting to look at
3: griff did you just log in to go look at them i don't know why you got to put me on blast like that <laughs>
2: I'm way too scared to log into PUBG while I'm recording because in case it crashes my whole computer, I right. lost my whole <laughs> section. You guys are crazy. You're rolling the dice.
1: Yeah, I got a good computer. Uh, I'll be Two PC setup, man. It can't crash
2: that You're way. recording on two at the same time?
1: No. It runs through the other machine. You should be. I probably should be. I could,
0: but no. All right. So other than that, we have some uh, Twitch Broadcaster Royale Group 9 skins. Notable for that for for us is going to be that swag set of the gloves and the SLR. But other than that, there's uh, what a new barrel skin, another set of gloves, and some hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. So you know, congratulations to everyone who got those new skins. That's pretty cool. And
1: I know we've kind of got a uh, time proximity bias here, but uh, Swag's SLR skin is sweet.
0: Indeed, it yeah. does look very very good. It's a beaut. I I already had that black and yellow one, which I still love, but I'm going to be using swags for a while and then maybe switch them back and forth every once in a while. It has a very interesting, like,
3: motif going on, I guess. It's like it's snake skin on the, on the stock, and then there's a lion and a gorilla on the body. <laughs> like, there's three animals on it. It's very interesting. He was talking about it in chat today.
0: He's uh, He is an animal. All right, let's get to the not-so-cool ones. Hmm. Hmm. How how do we want to v- begin this
3: conversation?
0: <sighs> let's let's start with these new battle stat skins that you can pay for. Yay. I bet they chose some really good guns, right? Ones that everyone no. uses all the time, right? No? No. No. Hmm. So could it have been the worst gun in the game? The UMP45? Yeah, oh wait, it is. Yeah. UMP45 and the S686 shotgun are the new $15 battle pass. Or battle stat skins.
3: (laughs) It's it's
1: more expensive than a battle pass. That's the funny part.
0: It's more expensive than that. It's more expensive than the streamer skins that you're really going to want. It just counts the kills. Like, I thought they were out of their mind when the G36C got put in there. Or the Scorpion. You're not using a shotgun past the early game. Like, these are all guns that you drop. Not the Mm G36. It's just... The G36 is only on Bikendi, and it's been historically hard to get Bikendi matches, but you're nuts if you're bringing the UMP45. I, I get people will say you can bring it, but it's a crappy gun, and still, in my opinion, worse than any other SMG, although someone did school me and say that it technically has better DPS than the Bison. I'll give them that.
2: I was watching Triggers streaming the other day, and he picked up the forty five, and I was just screaming at the screen, like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> And then he he did all right with it for a while, and then the next round, he picked up the ump again and then just kind of put it back down and said, oh, I, don't know, I don't know how I got away with this last round, but I'm no. not doing it again.
1: Yeah, like, I mean, dude, I picked it up, and I, I think I killed like three or four people with it and was owning, and then I got in a situation where I had to like peek a guy who was just like pixel peeking on the edge of a building. And I could not get the recoil to go to him. So I mean, it, it worked. It works fine. I just haven't used it enough to control the recoil. But it it and I just I don't know, man. It's it feels different than every other gun with the control. Like it has like not enough recoil or something. I don't know what it is about the UMP, but it, I just don't like it.
0: Yeah, just point and click with that gun. It's it's not going to be something you have to fight and wrangle with. You're just you're right. You're really fighting the clock. right? Are you going to be able to out DPS someone in time because If you don't get the jump on somebody with this gun, there's a good chance that that they just start shooting back and kill you faster.
1: But, I mean, regarding these stat track skins and stuff, like, I, I know I'm in the unpopular opinion when it comes to skins. Because, I mean, the reality is if you don't like the price or you don't like the design, don't buy it. That's the message you need to send to PUBG. But it's really interesting how much outrage. And, again, I don't know what percentage of the population is... Actually mailing on Reddit and Twitter, but there's a lot of people talking about the skins. And when it comes up in Twitch chat, like it just turns into this, like, you know, just roundabout, like, we're going to go after this over and over and over. But at the end of the day, if you don't like the skins, don't buy them. And I don't know, it's it's just, it doesn't, some of them have maybe minor cosmetic advantages. I can't imagine that they're going to release something as overpowered as those old track suits that blend in with the grass or load in slower.
0: So, I mean, so yeah, they, you're right. There's there's the UMP. Yes, you you could technically use that into the mid and late game if, if you're a masochist. But then there's the, you know, 7 or S686, you know, the pump shoddy. It's maybe one of the best shotguns but it's still not that great and past the fact that it's two guns that you're probably not going to be using past the first few minutes you know past necessity the skins are ugly they're not good looking
1: yeah i don't know the skins are fine to me like they look like finger paintings is what uh,
0: someone said and i kind of relate to it
2: that's brutal man the poor guy that made those skins is just crying into his cup of coffee right
0: now (laughs) they've made plenty of other cool skins i just don't think that (laughs) <laughs> thinking that you're going to charge me 15 bucks for a visually unappealing skin just because it can count my kills with a gun that I'm not going to get many kills with. Like, how depressing is it that the gun you use the least to get the least kills on is the one that you're supposed to have the stat tracker for?
3: I mean, personally, I believe, I, I think that uh, stat track skins should be the level 100 reward for mastery. I also believe that all the skins should exist on the store in
2: perpetuity. Really? I think it gives them value by taking them away.
3: Or at least have an option
1: to come back. Like, I saw it mentioned today in somebody's chat that, and I think this is a great idea, what if it was like a holiday sale where for, you know, three weeks in December every year, all the skins are available from, you know, and maybe there's certain ones that aren't, but maybe a huge chunk of the skins comes back during the holidays. I mean, would right? nice. be kind of a cool way to, you know, give the streamers some extra, you know, money because they get a little piece of it. And then just the ability, if you miss something, you know? Like Maybe it doesn't need to be there all the time, but what if there was an event where we could go back and buy the streamer skins? Because I can tell you right now, there's streamers that I didn't know existed when I first started playing this game, or even for the first year, that I now watch on a regular basis that had skins back then, and I don't have a chance to get them. And I would gladly give PUBG the money, and I would gladly give the streamer the money for those skins. But I can't
0: tell you. Yeah. I was an Xbox player when a lot of the skins were released, and I know plenty of other guys with the same thing. We, we watched from first of all, Xbox never got the chance to buy the streamer skins because they were PC players who were getting it. Like, that never made sense. That was just throwing money, you know, money opportunities away. But then I come over and I can't get that cool Shroud or Dock skin. It's like, really, I missed the boat forever
1: yeah man i'm i'm with you it's i'm just gonna latch myself to the console
0: player skin thing because maybe that means i'll get a chance later too (laughs) because it's not like they're they're working hard to give console players skins you know to recognize and do something like why not give something to the beer guys you know they've they've been holding down for the uk scene forever Mm -hmm. guys like gaga my friends uh you know cdome mike stan all they've done for the xbox community i mean i can think of People that I know, and and the person that kept tabs on and I'm sure there are other relatively big uh, Xbox streamers. I see plenty of guys still streaming Xbox who have nice, decent-sized communities. You know, why, why don't they get any recognition? You know,
1: in fairness, though, like in the grand scheme of things, in the pecking order, like yeah, PUBG needs to make money. Skins are a great way to do that. But when it came to consoles, there were so many bigger issues, in my opinion, than skins. That, yeah, like it'd be nice to have had access to them, but there's so many other things that they're working on. And, and now they're catching up. I mean, they're a patch or two behind now and crossplays coming. I mean, there's some cool stuff coming for console, but I just don't think skins were high on the, uh, let's get this done for console because it was kind of a mess for a while.
0: All right. But I mean, at some point they're, they're pushing parity, right? To get everything on the same level. At that point, when there's less work to be done to just catch up, why don't you let people catch up in the skin game, like you were saying, with like a holiday sale, and then as to like Griff's point, why does the, the stat track have to be, you know, skin specific? Why can't it just be a level one hundred reward and applicable to every skin you own? That just seems to make the most sense.
1: And I, I actually made that point earlier, though. Why, if you buy stat track, why doesn't it go to your gun? But that's kind of what the mastery system is doing behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, but I want to see it represented in game on the gun, no matter what. I think of Titanfall 2, they had a thing where if you got the gun to a certain spot, then you could put a little digital kill counter on every weapon that, you know, you got to that point. And it yeah, was just, yeah, that's cool. Which is cool. You know, I ended up eventually taking it off for less screen color, you know, just like there might be some people who have all those keychains, but they end up taking them off because
2: they actually don't like them. I want to see animation to go with the kill counter. Like you actually turn the gun sideways and just roll it over once with your thumb and then just keep running. That'd be kind of dope. Or, like, get your knife out and put another notch in the handle. I didn't know I needed that until you just said it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can just do it to your desk at home.
1: Or you have the option to do it, right? Like, it, if you, like, hit it within 10 seconds, you do it. That would be so yeah. sick on stream. That would be cool. Like, it you to murder somebody, somebody does it you and then you stop and roll the thing.
0: <laughs> and then that would be just such an sick. extra, you know, little, little salt in the wound there. Just, just like, meme all one, over him. too
1: If three, I ever four. kill Kevin game, I'm... Rolling oh. this ticker over.
0: <laughs> but imagine a guy with a squad wipe who just ticks it four times, you know, has oh. to go from, you know, 99 to 100 to 101, you know. And you're just sitting there like, God, this guy's a – and he does it with 10% health just out in the open not caring. Just like <laughs>
1: – Oh, my gosh. What time is it in Korea? Call Brian.
0: Call somebody. We need it. That's amazing. That's a great idea. The, yeah, I really like that, Heathy. That'd be fun. But that that's do it. That's where I think the battle, stra- battle stat should have gone and could still go i'll be honest i didn't care i just don't care about battle stat at all
1: but now if they did that i would be upset that i couldn't buy the old battle stat skins if they go away <laughs> i want that that's amazing i don't know that's that's a really great idea i'm stuck on it sorry
2: no i think it's good let's lobby it
1: okay so first what's the pecking order of the things we're lobbying for number one is flare gun damage right no no
0: no. number one
1: is stat track pant flare gun damage and then number two,
2: Winchester's on all maps. Huh? No?
1: that's like number eight. <laughs> I think it's Kev's number one is stat track pan. My number one is flare guns doing damage. The stat track physical animation ability to click is like that's like that may take over my number one spot. That would
0: <laughs> be awesome. Yeah, well, it's not silly. That's it's act- it's realistic. Like it's silly in in a way that would make sense for the actual thing. Right. Hmm. And and it seems it seems it seems the most realistic. Although having a stat tracker on your gun seems a little a little nuts in real life. Even if it was just an end of the game
1: animation. Like if you got a six kill win and you win oh, and it comes oh, up with the chicken cool. dinner and it goes one two mm. three four five six winner winner chicken
2: dinner dude let's go that'd be cool and you pull out all your different guns and roll imagine it doing that
0: with all your boys and it's like everyone's got like a ten kill a six kill and then it's just you with that like measly like one or what what if what if you got zero but you got the win it just did like a like a hand animation just like reveal but nothing changes it's just like just rubs his hand over and nothing has changed. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I guess I got a zero kill win. He he did the magic <laughs> trick, you know. It's like, damn
1: it. Well, maybe if you don't have a stat track, maybe it's like just chalk on the gun, right? Like there's something for everybody, but if you have a stat track, they actually move the counter. That would be so sick.
3: Or he just scratches it into the side of the barrel.
1: Yes. Yeah, Because in theory, you're the lo- you're the you're the lone survivor, right?
0: Yeah, you got some time to do that stuff. You can do all your woodworking and stuff like that. It's fun. Right. Eat your chicken. Yeah. All right. And then so there's also new uh, rabbit season skins. So it's uh, it's officially wabbit hunting season out there, folks. Yeah, yeah. Be your best Elmer Fudd or do your best Bugs Bunny impression, however you want to think about it. Uh, Whether you're, If you're against them, you know, you'd be your uh, Elmer Fudd. And if you're for it,
1: you'd be the wabbit. Yeah. And I know we talked about it, but when I saw the video of this, I thought it was really dumb. But then I saw the animation of it and the actual implementation, and I think it's actually a pretty cool skin. so
0: that video, I thought the video was really funny, really cheesy, but you know really funny.
1: I thought it was a meme. I didn't think it was actually real when I first saw it. Oh no, they've
0: been memeing a lot lately. Have you guys seen those new live-action trailers mm-hmm. with the worst player ever? They're leaning into their silly side a little
3: bit, and I appreciate
0: it.
2: Do you think they're pushing away from the realistic military game? Like military shooters. Well, not military, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not when someone asks you what's PUBG, like your auntie or whatever, and she has no idea what you're talking about. And then she says, Oh, is it like Fortnite? And you say, No, no, it's like for adults.
1: No, I think they're trying to make the game more relatable, right? Because if you looked at this game from the outside, not having played since it launched, this game is rough on beginners, right? And we get a bunch of them in the podcast Discord. We've got new people coming in. I got friends that are new to it, but. I think they're trying to make it funny and relatable for new people to come in, which I think is a really good thing. And they're also doing it in a way that makes veterans laugh because we've all been in those
0: scenarios where we can remember back when we did those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes you just get together with your friends and, and you don't feel like struggling for a win and playing real sweaty. And you just want to have some, some goofy games and everyone puts on their dumbest, loudest outfit. And this event isn't even particularly loud. It's just noticeably goofy. You know, but we've had fun stuff like the reindeer head. We've had the bright yellow Kill Bill. We've had the, the scary clown suits. You know, There's so many other meme type things that I think people kind of just forget because they don't see them as often anymore. But this isn't completely out of character for PUBG. But I, I do think it's fun. All right. So moving on to the last skin item, which will actually bring us into our other topic. We have the regional eSport skins. It'll support the esports teams, and they're really awesome gun skins. They're great. Negative again. Oh, wait, they're not. What are they? Baseball bat skins. We don't even have baseball bats in the game. What do you mean? Uh, I, I just can't even. Somebody <sighs> yeah, else. You can buy a crowbar and turn it into a baseball bat, and that that's supposed to be the uh, hot selling item for uh, esports that'll help support the organizations and the players
1: no esports player would ever equip any other melee item than the pan no it's just not gonna happen
0: no player period is gonna want to equip anything other than the pan because the pan does extra arm you know it's it's level four armor you know the pan can save you from any angle somehow and past that if you're gonna actually swing a melee weapon at somebody the pan can one shot while everything else does like 90 damage at best I just don't understand how this was supposed to be the thing that helps support and show good faith towards esports orgs. And this this all comes at the heels of some, some other really questionable decisions when it comes to how esports is going to move forward and, and really settle in.
3: I mean, if they really wanted to make money, just make an esports M4 or Kar98 skin. Make it something people actually use. There's just no point. It's like, hey, uh, would you like to you know, install air conditioning on your bicycle. It's like, how does that even work? Why would I use that?
2: I've got a prediction. This is what I think, like a way they can make these bats viable is that they make all doors lockable and bats and axes and crowbars smash the doors open.
3: Give it the old, here's Johnny moment.
2: Yeah, exactly. Here's Johnny moment.
3: Please don't make them lockable. No. And then,
2: yeah. they, they, that would make great content though, right? Like kicking the door in with your bat.
1: No, it wouldn't because then you're going to run into these buildings with like 10 doors and they're all going to be locked and there's just some dude <laughs> camping in a corner with an Uzi that you can't possibly kill making no noise.
0: Yeah, what if you can, what if you can yeah. swing your bat at a grenade and, and lob it back at them? Hell yes. You can. What? Yeah,
2: it's a thing. I have no idea. I'm making it up.
0: I'm
1: down for that, but I please don't let them. No, do not let me lock a door. <laughs>
0: no, I don't, I don't want locked doors, and I don't want bat skins, but really, I mean, it just doesn't make sense, and I still don't understand why, in competitive especially, the pan still does damage mitigation, you know, and works as armor. I don't see how that's competitive. It's fun when you're in an oh-shit moment crossing a field, and the guy shooting straight at you hits your pan that's behind you and it saves your life like great but that doesn't feel good when it happens to you you see the little spark and you're like i could have killed that guy but instead he gets away and then he in turn throws in you know a nade at you and that does damage through everything and you know you're just like dude I, I had that guy dead to rights and instead he was able to slip behind cover and throw a an nade and kill me and that's very specific but how does this work as a competitive tool i don't think it does
1: yeah i don't i don't know and i think we're tr- i think that Interesting thing you're saying there is that how does it work as competitive? Like this is the competitive team that's doing it. I don't know. I, I guess I have more questions about the store overall. It just seems like I don't know that I've heard somebody be like, man, the store is great. <laughs> There's, the items are awesome. Uh, the prices are wonderful. Like it, it doesn't ever seem like it hits the the right thing. It's like the times I see people talking positively about the store are streamers and stream communities being like, hey, the skin is awesome, awesome, we can support our favorite streamers in-game, but those skins are only available for like three weeks. So it's like, I don't know, it just doesn't, it seems off, it seems like it's the in-game store, and I wonder if there's more to the story. Like, is there a reason, does the store have limitations? Is it an Unreal
0: Engine thing? I feel like their hands are tied by investors or something. They're forcing really short-sighted, money-hungry, pricing.
1: Yeah, but if they were if they were handcuffed by investors and pricing, they wouldn't be removing items that people would want to buy. They'd be cycling them back in. I mean, I understand the limited nature of things and it drives people to buy
0: it. Yeah, they're they're forcing scarcity and they're they're making you think I can't miss it. Uh, I don't understand why they think the best course of action is to charge so much for each skin. It's not even a universal skin. When Chaco and Shroud had their different guns, I. Was going to buy all of them thinking that they were all going to be like five bucks, but they hiked the price up to ten dollars per skin. So I ended up not getting the mutant skin for Shroud because one, I wasn't particularly in love with the design of it, but I do like using the mutant and I, I do want a mutant skin. But I already spent like 15 20 bucks on stuff that day, and I was just like, you know, I don't need a mutant skin, I don't pick it up as often as I will a barrel and, and you know, Chaka Taco's barrel or something that I'm really glad I have and like the shoot and stuff, but you know, it was like ten dollars for a parachute. It was ten dollars for a gun skin for a single weapon. They're continuing down that path and making fifteen dollar stat track weapon skins. Well and I just feel like the idea of creating false
1: scarcity is quickly becoming just an old-school mentality. I mean, this may seem like a ridiculous comparison, but the NFL recently, there was a couple teams that like radically slashed their food and drink pricing, right? Because you're in the arena, you can't bring food and drink in, so they charged an arm and a leg. Well, I think it was Atlanta actually reduced their prices by 50% on concessions, and they had an increase in revenue because people spent more. Yeah, they open their wallets when they don't feel like they're taking advantage of. Right. So but it's in the same thing. It's like, why create this false sense of scarcity? Because how many people have found the game or started, came from console to PC? Like, it just doesn't make any sense, man. And to, and to the same point, it's like, you know,
0: and now I have two SLR skins. If I have a bad game using Swag's SLR, I'm going to jokingly, like, blame him and put my old on, right? And and it's this kind of, like, dumb idea, like, I'll just change all my luck by changing my shoes, you know? (laughs) And (laughs) so, people just, people, you know, they get bored, they get, you know. Do you
2: actually do that? Yeah,
0: duh. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, sports
3: superstition is a real thing. Yeah, put your socks on inside out, you know. Well, and this is the exact same reason why I made an entire video about this. Like, the way that I feel that PUBG wastes people's time by... I don't know, demanding more out of them for less in return and then giving us very poor options of how to spend our BP. I don't know. It's just like, it's just this constant dangling carrot and I just don't feel like it's very pro gamer.
0: No, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's a smart economic choice for them. I think if they were regularly releasing weapon skins for five bucks each every time, or say it was someone of the level of doc who gets a you know a car 98 and an M4 doing the package for 10 bucks, like those felt fair, right? You were supporting a streamer you really enjoyed watching and you got two cool memorable skins for a good price. Like it's as much as I feel comfortable usually spending, now I'm doing it just because I want to support swag and I don't want to miss out on it. But that sucks and that's not going to be everyone else's opinion. Yeah. I mean,
3: it alienates their player base or or their fans. Like, say this whole Swag thing takes off, right? And his channel just continues to grow as it has been. And now you've got new players that are like, man, Swag's really awesome. Oh, he's got in-game skins? Well, he had in-game skins, right? I just don't understand why there's not a different category in the store for like streamer content. And then just was there. Like, think about all the people who had t-shirts.
1: Well, and there's a lot of games that do things that have a seasonality to them. But, like, the one I'm thinking about is Overwatch. Like, you can get skins during a season, and then when it's out of season, you can't buy it. And then in the next season, guess what? They release new skins for that season, but you can still buy the old ones if you missed out.
0: Yeah, and there's there's some yearly, like, you know, Halloween ones. So, like, if you miss the Junkrat Halloween special... Yeah. You won't be able to get it but then the next year that you came back and you're able to get it. And so it's exclusive and it's it's of a time. And maybe they do something different to to it slightly when it comes back out. Maybe maybe it's not quite the same as the OG for what in in some way. But Yeah. You know, maybe they retro maybe they retrofit the old ones with some, you know, something else to it or who knows. But Yeah. And I you know what? I saw something on Reddit And
1: this was admittedly as browsing the Apex Legends Reddit and there was some outrage about what they did in their store with the pricing. And there was a really cool response there from one of the developers that just said like, you know, we're releasing a bunch of content that maybe could be seen as DLC or could have a price tag on it or could be like a full release worth of content and effort from the developers and the teams so we're trying to find the pricing that goes with that on optional non-pay-to-win type things and that response from them i actually really liked it it makes sense and the reason i bring that up here is i feel like pubg has made meaningful improvements to the game some revamps on stuff that needed it has put some really good content in it but it seems like there's just a silence when it comes to the store and the in-game items and the pricing, it just feels like there's been ramped up communication in other areas. But this one, again, as things get squashed and they fix things, some of these smaller things get louder, in re- it, just relatively louder because there's less going on. So I I just really like to see them talk about this or maybe be open to some feedback because it, it's just going to be missing the point and has been for quite some
3: time. Yeah, I think uh, the problem is, is that there's a sizable group of the player base that will still buy this stuff. And it's hard when it's like you're trying to rally the troops and be like, hey, guys, we need to speak with our wallets on this one. When again, NA is not even the biggest player base of this game. And, you know, over in other countries, I'll buy a long shot. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure in Asia, these skins are probably selling like hotcakes. And, you know, is just watching its stock go up,
0: but we're over
3: here going like,
0: what the hell's going on? I still just think for five bucks, they would sell way more overall. They would make so much more money. I would I would be spending more regularly.
1: Well, maybe they just need to make a different system here than in the other markets. I mean, I don't know. Like
3: actually play to your market, understand that markets are different and that people spend money differently.
1: They've been treat. they're starting to treat different regions differently. Like, I mean- I'm excited to ask Keithy Keithy about his ping when he's been playing recently. But, they, I mean, they've started to do that on things, some small things and big things. But they're treating different regions differently. So maybe this is an area that needs to get looked at. Tell us about your ping.
2: You kind of led away from it and then lost me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring you No <laughs> I've got to say I phased out a bit there because I find the skin talk redfully boring, and if I did, I'm sure other people out there did as well. But I'm sorry, guys. The, I just the cosmetic stuff just kills me. There's so much time and energy put into it, and it just does nothing. You can see your hands, but anyway, sorry. The pink.
1: Well, but but so hold on though, because that's a fair point though. Is that in North America it's a FPP market, and we're looking at our hands. And I know that you're an Australian. You it's also you play FPP. But the va- there's a huge population of people in the Asian markets that play third person, which is probably where these things are selling like hotcakes. But maybe yeah. that means in this market we need more access to gun skins, which I would imagine would do well worldwide, too.
2: Sure. Or in-game mirrors. Huh? Huh?
3: Look. Yeah? Not every every idea is going to be a winner tonight, pal. I'm sorry. All right. All right. All right. I've, got to, I've got to leave
2: some in the vault for next time. The
0: new windows kind of looked like fog mirrors, so. Yeah.
2: No. Did they take them back out again in the latest patch?
0: No, they're still not fixed. Oh, okay. They're still
2: foggy. Yeah, with the ping thing. So, FPP in the OC was dead, uh, and now it is back. Since 4.0, it is back. It's thriving. It's great.
0: And it was dead for like nine months, right?
2: Yeah, maybe longer because we were all had to play in SEA, which is, you know, like the ping was higher considerably, but you didn't run into anybody. You know, like the, the names you recognize, you very rarely ran into a, a, even an English name. And now we're all become a community again because you're seeing the same people, you know, night after night having a bit of trash talk when you kill them or, you know, the gentle hello. It's always fun. So it's, it's been really good. But my actual average damage has increased like a lot since having consistently low ping, which I do know, I'm just going to say thanks. Thanks for bringing back OC. We love it.
0: It is funny when you go to Reddit and you see someone from NA who is like, I quit this game until I can play Sanhok to my heart's content. And this matchmaking choice was super dumb. And the devs have no idea what they're doing. And then someone from Australia comes in and is like, I can play in my region in FPP for the first time in, a, in almost a year. This has completely rejuvenated the game for me, and I don't think you understand that NA is not far off from where you are. And then you just see that surprised Pika face, Pikachu face, like, oh, wait, you're kind of right. We aren't as big as maybe I thought. Like, if someone actually sits down to explain it to people, like, look, we're not the biggest region, you know, we're not the most important, you know, group right now. And we have, to, we have to make some concessions here. People sometimes respond to that and they go, like, I, I really just hadn't thought of that. It's funny to see Australian, you know, English-speaking people from that region being like, no, I can actually play the game again uh, in my region, and that makes a huge, huge difference.
2: It's great fun. Like, and what the advantage you guys have had with, say, like PUBG Report, which is... Yeah, I very rarely ran into an English-speaking streamer on Southeast Asia. And now I think a lot more Australians are taking up streaming of PUBG again because it's so healthy. Yeah, and that's overall Darsing. just
0: good. That's, that's how communities build back up because, you know, these people often to, you know, build their own name and all those things, like they're going to host more custom games and, and involve more people and, and draw more people to the game if they can play in a, in a healthy way. All right. So going back to these super useful baseball bats, they're brought in as a way to help the esports community because they would get a cut, right? The organizations and, and, by default, the players off of that would would hopefully be making some some money to keep things profitable. But instead, we've seen that one; these just won't sell very well—at least, not in NA and EU. And you haven't seen a single pro that's happy about it. And there's a lot of a lot of people wondering about the future of the esports program. When you get news like Cloud9 backing out of competitive. Yeah,
3: that was really strange.
0: The roster of of KMind and Profi and HWIN and Nerf, they're staying together and they are coming back as Genesis and they have their new manager. It's not an org. They're just free agents, kind of like the Rumblers and other teams that are really good and just have yet to be picked up because orgs are not jumping at the opportunity to get in the PUBG And many of the big established ones are making exit plans. Because if you haven't been the absolute winners of your division, you're not making money. Tempo Storm might be one of the only North America MPL teams to have my actual money coming in.
3: Well, and we saw a lot of this roster and and organization shake up right after they announced that Sandhawk was going to be coming to competitive play, which I thought was very interestingly timed. It seemed like a lot of people were very dissatisfied with that and just to see, like, all these players and organizations, like, quit, retire, or just back out completely, like, is... I don't know. I don't I don't know what that says about the competitive scene. Did
1: you guys watch the first matches on Sandhawk in PEL, which just came out?
0: Uh-uh. I saw that they came out. I did not get to see them yet.
1: <laughs> dude, the action from a viewer standpoint is really fun to watch. But play, if I was playing in it, dude, with people that are that good, it would be... So different, but I'll tell you what, the action is really good.
0: The craziest thing about Sandhawk, there's a couple things that perplexing about Sandhawk. So we're in the middle of this huge year for the eSports program. And we're going into the most important phase, phase three. And then they just dropped this bomb with very little time for these players to get used to playing this map as a competitive map. Because, you know, competitive is only 16 teams of four. And the circles are different, the loot's different. And Sandhawk is broken up into three islands that are broken by water. So there's a lot of choke points and the way that the fields roll and, and everything just plays so much differently.
1: Yeah, but even Pax alluded to the fact that they tested it with the pros, and they've known about it for quite some time. It it maybe surprised them that they moved forward with it, but
0: Well, that's another part of it. That's another part of the question. They tested it with the pros. And it was almost unanimously hated by the pros, and then so was they that re- the North
1: American pros or the
0: whole scene? Oh, it's at least EU and NA said this. Yeah. I, I I don't have insight into what the other teams thought, but the fact is, is they drop it as a bomb in the middle of a season instead of in complete offseason where points don't carry over, and, and you know everything. The dust is the dust should have settled on a year's worth of play, and then say moving forward, Sanok will be in there, and that'll be you know something for. Teams that have a few months to prepare for. And it just this is the most important thing that a lot of these players have ever done. And it's a huge investment by the organizations. And it just feels like that doesn't make a lot of sense. And when they said that they listened to player feedback and every pro player I follow on Twitter said, who did you listen to? Because no, you didn't. you didn't listen to me or anyone else that I know and scrim with or against and talk to all the time. No one wanted this. It seems like they just, you know, it seemed like they said it to say it but they didn't actually like they they just had made up their mind and, and that didn't actually play into it too much. It seems unfair to the players and the organizations to do such a huge shakeup. But maybe maybe they think that they need to do a huge shakeup because like you said from a viewer's standpoint, it was a lot of fun to watch. I get it. I like I get why PUBG is doing it, but I feel like the timing of it and the way they handled the, you know, PR scope of saying that they listen when it seems clear to every pro and everyone who follows the pros, they didn't it all just seems like it was really mishandled right before the you know the global everything.
1: Yeah, the timing was definitely suspect. Like in the middle of a season, in between phase two and three. But yeah, I don't. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting because that that chatter died down pretty quick. I mean, it was hot there when it first came out, but then it just sort of sort of went away.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think at a certain point, you know, professionals have to to get back to their profession and just kind of put their head down and and sure. learn it, but. I don't think people's sentiments have changed too much and again, it's just that timing and, and the support for these, you know, orgs. They're they're putting a lot of time and effort and money into this org and to, to release something like the bat and, you know, to re- to release these things that don't seem like they're actually gonna pull in the money needed for these teams to be profitable and the prize pools haven't gotten a ton better. It'd be interesting if, you know, w- open up the store to have all the streamer skins and all the other things and you know, if it's a streamer specific skin, they get their cut. But like, what if, what if just like 2% of store sales or something went to support the organizations and the teams that are, you know, fighting their way through these things? Like, what what if there were certain things overall that helped esports grow and, and just sweeten the pot for the prize pools, you know?
3: I mean, that's what we hope for, but until we're actually told, we just have no idea what we're contributing to.
0: Yeah, no, I, and that's, but give us something that we want to buy, that we want to have for our own selfish reasons, that also really help the the organizations that make that make the game into a profitable and long-standing eSport. Because a game with a strong, solid eSports backing is going to remain relevant for a long time. And that's what PUBG is trying to set themselves up for. They're trying to be the next Rainbow Six and CSGO and Dota and all those other games that have huge followings for their eSports. And huge, you know, player bases or, or, or even just stable, really stable player bases. It's something I would like to see them make improvements on. And, and to be fair, uh the Jaker who runs PUBG esports has been receptive, it seems, and you know, he's he's trying to get in front of this now after all the global, you know, tournaments and everything. He's trying to get in front of this again, but it didn't it, it's not a smooth launch and I think there's a lot of concerned people in the esports world. All right. Uh, we're going to post the uh, whole patch notes in the show notes, but we have some bug fixes that are pretty good. I named uh, one of them with the, the humping cars on the walls. There's plenty that are here. Are there anything that's really standing out to anybody?
3: Not particular,
0: no. Well, oh, uh, the, the
3: bandage is not full healing whenever you have them on auto heal. That was a problem. It wasn't a lot, but it was because the bandages do a little bit of a, a, a ramp up. It's not the full healing right away. And so, it was basically relegating that full bandage heel animation for the very last one instead of all of them consecutively. So, that, that was a good fix.
0: Yeah. Another one I'm seeing that's just, you know, kind of important is that there were some reports of people who were firing off the flare gun to get their BRDM for maybe their first time, and then it would land in the water and sink, even though mm-hmm. it's an amphibious vehicle. So, they fixed that.
2: Could you swim down and get in it or not? No, no. Once it sunk, oh, like it sunk. Trigger style?
0: want uh, yeah. to sunk it sunk. Yeah, there's some other stuff there, but it's nothing too crazy. I think what this brings us to now is our M16 versus mutant conversation. And before we get into actual details on this thing, what are your guys' thoughts on both guns?
3: I think they both have a place, but if I had to pick one, I'm going M16 over
2: the mutant. I think you could take them both out of the game, and I wouldn't care less.
3: I also kind of agree with that as well.
2: Yeah, if I find any, if I find a DMR, I'll pick it up. If I find an AR, I'll pick it up over either of those guns why why you say <laughs> i don't know what's what's the deal with the mutant like what's with the travel speed of that bullet when i i, I put the crosshair on someone's face and pull the trigger and i don't get blood splatters and have i, I watched streamers do it and it works for them what am i doing wrong is the bullet slow or is the bullet fast does it drop heavily like what what's happening there
3: yeah i don't know man i honestly couldn't tell you
1: i've actually been using the mutant more recently Kind of as a budget DMR just to do it, mm-hmm. uh, since you can put the, uh, what is it, the tax stock on it. And I've actually had really good luck with it, with the 4X and the 6X. It does have a slower bullet velocity, I feel like, because I think the way I use it is similar to the M16, at least situationally. Like, I'm not going to pull the mutant out in close quarters unless I get it as my first gun and don't have an option but when i'm using it with like a 4x or a 6x i have to consciously tell myself like this is not the m16 with the crazy bullet velocity it's it's definitely different in that regard but i have found that the power of the 7.62 bullet in this recent couple patches has been really nice with the mutant i've actually done really well with
3: it i don't know i feel like close quarters the m16 still a better gun i mean if you can control those bursts i it's extremely powerful
1: so it sucks because it's impossible
3: (laughs) i disagree i actually do pretty well with it
1: (laughs) i just find that it's inconsistent it's hard to be consistent with the m16 and that's from you know you know me i'm not a training grounds person right it's just not something i've practiced so i'm not good at it so i don't i don't try it in game very often unless i have to but it it is hard to control easier now i mean they took some of that uh
3: kick out I don't know, a couple of months ago, right? Yeah, I think the, what the first burst is actually less recoil.
2: What, is, what does a tax stock do for both guns?
3: Uh, that's a great question. I think it has something to do with mm-hmm. like the sway, if I'm not mistaken,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but I could be wrong. So looking at the tax stock on the wiki, you can see that the tax stocks are designed to reduce felt recoil as well as making steady aiming easier through numerous methods, such as increasing the amount of surface area in contact with the user or increasing the weight of the gun. So it just makes things a little steadier and a little little easier, I think, like maybe like side to side.
2: Do you ever get in arguments with with your squad mates about how things work and then you have to drop the I'm on a podcast <laughs> card on them? <laughs> nope,
1: no, but I have people say you should know because you're on a
2: podcast. and I'm like, yeah. no, we talk about it and then we move on. <laughs> yeah, and if we don't know, we Google it and then edit out the massive pause in between. So the uh, tax stock is designed
0: to reduce felt recoil as well as making steady aiming easier. Uh, so what it does in-game is – 20% recoil pattern, plus 15% to recoil recovery, a 10% to the animation kick, and negative 10% to the side-to-side sway. Wow. It's it's definitely important, and it's going to make the DMRs really a lot easier for the tapping. And so that's really, well, I call them DMRs, but they're your budget DMRs, and that's the reason that we're, we're going to talk, you know, M16 compared to the MK47. Griff, you were talking about having the easier-to-control burst, but I don't often... Try to use either gun in burst mode. Even if I'm expecting to have to use it closer range. I just would rather rapidly tap that thing. Interesting. I I don't know. I find myself actually really liking to use the mutant. When I can get it fully kitted with a you know vertical grip and a 6X and all that. I think it's a really capable gun. But its bullet speed is a lot slower than other guns. So, if we're getting into the actual stats here. The bullet speed of the M16 is 900 meters per second. The bullet speed of the MK47 is 780 meters per second. What's that comparable to? I th- so, my first thought was to look up the SCAR and see if it was similar to just using a regular AR that can go automatic and become useful in that sense and use it as your, your budget DMR there. Maybe it's the same thing. Maybe I'm using it and I don't need to be. The SCAR actually shoots at 870 meters per second. So, technically, the SCAR might be a better budget DMR except for the damage damage. Yeah, it just doesn't have the same amount of damage. And so the no, these might, statistics might be a little bit off on this uh, wiki. They're not. It doesn't say there's been updated since uh, April nineteenth. It says that it does forty nine damage, and it says the M sixteen does forty three damage. And I think that's correct still because when they did the damage nerfs of five five six weapons and other weapons, they purposely left the M sixteen and the mutant out of those nerfs. And I think that was to buff them by nerfing other things which I'm not always a huge fan of but it, it has made those guns feel a little a little better to use and I feel like I have pretty good success with both of them when I'm forced into a situation of using them as my budget DMR and honestly I've had some of my better, better sniping as of late with both of those guns and then I drop them for something else and maybe have less success the rest of the game so I've been getting pretty used to them. I think I've been been forced to think. I feel like a lot of Erangel games I end up doing the budget DMR. So, I'm a fan. So, if you have to pick, you have the same amount of ammo for both, and you have all the attachments you want for both, and you need a budget DMR. Which one are you picking? M16 every time.
3: Yeah, I feel like that, that gun is just a little bit more reliable, in my opinion. Plus, I mean, if you have to swap and use it close range, then you have the burst mode, which I find to be much more viable than that of the Mutant.
1: I'm opposite. I've actually switched my tune on this if I have the ability I've been taking the mutant.
0: Yeah, I've been finding it extremely easy to tap really, really fast at pretty decent ranges with the mutant, and that's made me like it overall for that. But I've also just been having such good games with the M16 and and timing the bullet speed on moving targets. So it's kind of like if I have a mutant against someone in a window who's standing still I feel like I'm in a better position that way on a moving target though across an open field I'm going to hit more often with the m16 because if it's superior you know bullet velocity it's more like a hit scan
2: that's an interesting idea like I just realized my prejudice against the mutant I feel like it's because I just fire and don't hit with it but I'm going to try and curb this by doing a mutant challenge I think I'll try and get a win with you know maybe two mutants it's really steady when you tap it pretty fast.
1: I was going to say, I think I would challenge people to use it if you haven't given it a try. And I, I don't know the damage stats on it, but I feel like even on moving targets, if you can get behind the velocity, it seems like the mutant's killing power is really nice because I think it takes one less bullet to the chest to kill people with level 2 armor. And hmm. that makes a big difference because sometimes it's really hard to get that fifth shot now with the, with the 5.56 five, guns.
0: That's true. Yeah. So, I mean, both guns are, they're okay for what they are, but I do find it funny. I was watching Shroud play this game for the first time in a while and he's using his mutant skin in the game.
3: Which is bananas, the way he uses the gun.
0: And then he's one of the people who made me think like, wow, I may, you know, obviously it's Shroud. So he's, you know, leagues better than most, most players and, and way better than me, obviously. But he made me think about maybe using it more, but... then I'm watching him play more recently and he actually asked, why is this gun even in the game? Just take it out. Right. So, a skin that he's profited off of, a gun that he's profited off of, he said, what's the point of it? Just take it out.
2: Give us something cooler. Isn't he just using it as a meme because he's so good he can use the worst gun in the game and kill everyone and still win?
0: Yeah. And because it's got his logo on it, you know, there's, but even he, the the only person who's profited off of a mutant besides PUBG is is saying, I don't see the reason for this game. Give us something cooler in this space.
1: Well, and it was brought up in the beginning and I didn't chime in because we were going to compare them and, you know, talk about which ones we would use and why. But my honest opinion is you could remove both of these and replace them with other ARs or DMRs and people are going to be just as happy. And I feel like they probably wouldn't notice that they were gone.
0: I agree. So if there are some fervent F, uh, M16 or mutant lovers out there, tell us why we're wrong and we, you know those guns can't ever leave the game. I, I would have a feeling if we were to ask people to, to chime in when this episode releases that we'd have people siding with the M16 for the nostalgia of it and its old status of being much better than it is now.
1: Yeah, the 8X sniper gun of choice, man. <laughs> it was so good
3: back in the day. Yeah, it was ridiculous. They definitely needed to nerf that.
0: Yeah, no, and it was it was a good nerf, but they nerfed it into the ground, and they've they slowly been doing things to try and bring its stock back up a little bit yeah, by adding a stock, by <laughs> by doing other things. It, it just doesn't seem to be enough to make it really one that you want. And I think you could you could drop at least one of those guns out of the game and to trigger a statement it's not going to change the game too much
1: yeah i don't I don't think either of them changes the game enough to have them in honestly i think it's like if you know for me it's like if i drop in you know paradise on sandhawk and i land on an m16 i'm like uh why <laughs> you know it's like i just don't it doesn't it doesn't feel good anymore there's no tactically better situation to carry it versus a dmr whereas it used to be really good so you know, the burst fire used to be insane. The velocity used to be insane. You could put an 8x on it. I think the mutant was never really good. It's just okay now because of the M or the 556 nerf. But in general, I just, I don't know. I think it could go away. Both of them.
3: I think there's probably a deeper discussion about like the saturation of weapons that this gun- game has. And I understand like you need bad guns to offset the good guns, but there comes a point when it's like, how many different assault rifles do we really need? And does it matter if nobody's really using them? You know? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because I was reading through the bug fixes
1: and I saw a bug fix on the canted site and I was just like, get rid of that thing. Like,
0: <laughs> It doesn't improve my ADS speed anymore. Take it out. It's useless. Right. All right. So we have we have two more topics. We kind of we kind of jumped over sound, which is something we could probably have spent an entire episode on. And we also have a couple of hot keybind bind uh, tips that were added in a little late here while we were recording. I think it would be fair to do a quick overview of the sound and then get into it a little more when the next phase of sound improvements comes to live. Yeah, I'm
1: curious what's coming, but uh, yeah, let's I'm more curious to see how it actually plays out. So what's what's coming up on sound?
0: So, there's a whole dev letter we're going to put in. It's it's a whole roadmap for 2019 that leads us to the end of the year that's going to change the way that, that sound works. And, and sound has been contentious in this game, and really any battle royale has had sound issues, especially when it comes to vertical sound, which is actually going to disappoint you because that's not one that was specifically mentioned. But starting in August, we've already gone over this. You get the uh, volume adjustment guide where you can preview what the sounds sound like at different levels and then you have the instant volume reducer or the muffler as i've been calling it and then you have in september we'll be getting a footstep sound rebalance a red zone sound rebalance landing sound improvement don't care and ledge grab sound (laughs) improvement which i think just came in a little too silent and was a little too sneaky no
2: way the ledge grab's got that awesome slap and you know straight away that somebody's above you
1: I would imagine, like, how many times recently have you heard somebody, like, you said, oh, somebody just landed. Like, it sounds like they parachuted in, but it was actually just them, like, ledge grabbing or (laughs) jumping.
0: I think if you were high enough over the lip of something, you didn't have to have that long pull-up. And it sounded way too – it was way too fluid. And as you said, you could mistake it for other things and then be caught off guard. And so it becomes maybe a little unfair especially if someone has figured that out. As we go into October and through December, uh, they don't put a clear date on when this one hits, you know, at least not as clear as the, the first two waves. They're going to do some gun firing sound improvements, vehicle sound improvements, animation improvements, and update the reverb system. So yeah, some of these things are good and some, some of them are maybe not as necessary, but let's get into the good ones, or at least the ones that we're hoping they get right. I think the biggest one's going to be footsteps. Footsteps
1: and red zones.
0: Yeah. Well, red zones they should just get rid right of footsteps. You know, we kind of talked about how, and you, you should watch the video and see if you see the graph where there's you know your highest audible range, your lowest audible range, and they have an intended audible range where they do think you should start to be able to hear them. The problem is is that on the old model there was the lowest audible range that they didn't think you should be able to hear into that you could still hear into if you cranked it. And it also had such a variance that I, I enjoyed being someone who probably did crank it a little high. You can tell more easily how far they are. And with the new version, it gets a lot more flat. It'll be interesting to see in, in practice, but there's not much we can say on it if we haven't heard it in game yet. Yeah, definitely one of those we'll have to come
3: back to when it officially launches.
0: Yeah. And so, the landing set improvement is not just when you land from your uh, parachute. But this is going to be when you jump or parkour, regardless of the type of terrain, it just sounded the same. So they're going to have different ones for for grass and for a higher location or higher, you know, distance you're jumping from, or a slight jump won't be as impactful as someone jumping off a two-story building. And then, so longer the longer-term goal of gun firing sounds will hopefully be made better. They say one thing that kind of worries me from a hearing perspective is that this uh, new change will vary depending on your perspective. So your gun sounds are going to be more aggressive in FPP than TPP. I get that it makes sense because if you're in that third person camera, you're technically further away. But does that just mean that they're going to be fixing sound for the portion of the people who play TPP, but it's still going to be kind of ridiculously loud for us?
3: That's kind of interesting. I never really thought about it like that.
0: I guess I read that more as
1: it's going to sound more aggressive in FPP because you know if you're looking straight at it, you're going to hear it both ears relatively louder and you're closer to the gun just because of where the camera is. And I took it as they're going to have the sound coming from the right spot. So like the third person perspective is a little removed from the gun so that mm-hmm. if you're like standing next to a house and a guy's inside shooting, you're going to have a Hopefully, a better opportunity of pinpointing where they are, but because the camera is closer in FPP, it's a dynamic range. So maybe it's just going to be louder because where the camera is.
0: Well, I mean, I get it from a realism standpoint that if your your camera and your you know is supposed to be your face and it's right next to a gun, it's going to sound louder than a camera that's you know a couple feet behind you. I'm just worried that the change is only going to come to TPP or or only be noticeable in TPP, and it'll still be really loud and potentially damaging to every FPP player's ears. So I hope that's taken into consideration and and not what I'm thinking.
1: Yeah, I I think I tend to take an overly simplistic view on some of these things. But all I really care about is that the sound is accurate and that sounds don't clip each other. So I don't want grenades to clip so I can't hear a footstep or make it so three sets of footsteps are inaudible. I don't expect to hear the full footstep over a grenade blast. But there's a lot of times where sound just drops out. So I'm glad they're working on sound, but honestly, the only thing I really care about is can I hear someone close by and not drop the audio or get clipped out because that's the thing that's really frustrating. So I'm hopeful that by retooling all of these things, that's what we're going to get is more accurate sound. The The quality, I don't really care about that unless it makes it more accurate. I would rather it be accurate and lower quality than higher quality and the same problems we have now.
3: Yeah, because I think as it is now, the game can only process like a small handful of sounds at a single time, which is why you get that audio drop off for certain things.
0: Yeah, I agree. So, the, I mean, the other things that I wanted to touch on, but they're not something that we can really know how it's going to be implemented is improved reverb sounds. So, the reverb when you're in a wooded, fe- you know, wooded forest area compared to an open field might be different. And then if you're in a warehouse or a house, that indoor reverb sound will be different. That's all we can say about that at this point. But yeah, there's two things. I thought it was only one, but now there's two things that I kind of wish were addressed. And that's what Griff was just talking about is how many how many different sounds can play at once and why, why aren't footsteps prioritized as something that always, you know, always comes through and maybe we cut out something further away. And then the other was they're not addressing the vertical audio. And, you know, we've seen some recent examples from Wacky Jackie and other people Showing how if you're in the five-story blue-bottom buildings on Miramar, you can't tell which floor the person is running on. And if you're on certain types of carpet in certain maps and buildings, those won't sound like anything or they'll sound like grass. There's just so many ways that you can get screwed up because you're expecting the sound to be accurate and instead it's telling you completely wrong information. And in FPP especially, that is your life and death half the time. I just don't know if it's ambitious enough and then you get things like, you know, the muffler sound. It's like you just fixed it and adjusted the volume correctly. This is something that just no game has ever had to do. No. Is add a button to, to make the sound not kill you. They just try and fix the sound and balance it. It's
3: pretty unprecedented, especially when you consider like Battlefield is probably my best example as far as like a game that does audio right. Because the sounds of their guns like inside and outside are two totally different sounds. And everything about that game is just like... You know, very booming and visceral and in the same way that PUBG is, yet they don't have the same limitations at all. As a matter of fact, they straight up excel in their sound design.
0: Obviously, you know, you look at economies of scale, pairing EA backed Battlefield with years and years of experience to PUBG, which is a smash hit and now has the size and money to maybe compete and, and become a real competitor compared to, you know, EA-backed Battlefield. But it's taken a long time to get all these different teams hired and moved into their new part of the world with these sound designers and and different devs of all types of areas for the game, and then get them up to speed on the game. So we're starting to see these things come in. I just wonder if, you know, sound has always been so contentious. Is this really enough, and and are these all the right moves? I don't know if they're ambitious enough with this or, or addressing the biggest issues. But overall, I mean, I'm excited to see that something's being done. It's a step in the right direction, and I think that's something to be looked at positively. But I do think we should be questioning if it's the right move. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Um, so someone had wrote written in uh, some hot keybind tips. Do we have any special ones? I see car seat swaps one, and it's one that I've been talking and, and teaching mine to people a lot. I don't know if maybe that's part yeah. of the spawn of it.
2: And you, what, what's your setup for car seat swaps? Kevin.
0: I try to keep my car seat swaps as, as simple and fast as possible. So I have W key is my front seat. My E key is going to be my second passenger seat. And then my W key is going to put me in the seat three, which is behind mean, the driver.
3: You mean Q, right?
0: On, Q, yeah. I do, th- I do that every time I try and explain this. But yeah, so Q puts me into uh, to the third. And so people wonder if you can accelerate with W still. Mm-hmm. And you can. But the funny thing is if you're in the air on, say, the bike, and you let go of the acceleration and then start again. And you'll just get that message pop up a lot that says player already in seat." Mm-hmm. But it makes drive-bys really fast.
2: So just to clarify, so when you're setting up these key bindings, there's two columns, right, for each each bind. You can actually set it to two different keys. That's why you can still accelerate and make it the seat change? No.
0: No, I mine overall has just changed to, to those, but they serve different functions. They can be done at the same time, not mess with things. You know, and there's no... There's no way to lean out of the vehicles, so there's no reason to hit Q or E. And you know, and this this gives you the reason of like, you know, if I pull up to someone and they're on my right, I just very quickly can jump into that side seat and then press F and get out and it's all fluid.
2: You can't actually lean on the motorbike, you can tilt it sideways with Q and E.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty
1: rare that you need to do that, but to Keith's point, if you're not used to remapping your keys, there's two columns in the key bindings menu, which means you have a primary and a secondary, and you can bind like W, for example, can be your move forward key, but it can also be bound in the secondary column to switch seats, and it's not going to affect you in either scenario when driving or walking negatively.
2: Mm-hmm. With the, that same concept of using keys that are like void when you're in a certain situation. When, so I use my right and left trigger on the motorbike to tilt forward and backward hmm. because you don't actually use your right or left trigger whilst you're driving a motorbike. So you're not, you're not disabling your trigger key for firing your gun by binding it to the motorbike section of the keybinds. That's a really good keybind.
0: And when you want to do front flips, you just beep your horn the whole time. It's really funny.
2: Oh, I actually I unbound the horn off the mouse as well. Oh. <laughs> Made it H. Yeah.
0: I prefer to figure it out midair and freak
1: out when I'm tilting too far forward.
2: You can have a world of fun once you put once I bound that to the mouse. My motorbike skills just went through the roof. I feel like a god.
0: Yeah, it's a lot easier when you do those things. Those are some really good, you know, things for for driving in particular, which can be something that feels pretty clunky with the traditional ones. I've also seen people do some some typical battlefield things by pushing front seat to f1 f2 second third fourth and so on they'll, they'll make those their their seat switching anyone else have other driving ones that they use
3: no not in particular. i mean i recently switched uh my side mouse buttons to my seat swaps so just so i could you know jump over into the passenger seat and try to do a drive-by real quick
0: okay yeah and that's that's, that's actually what i was trying to get to as well is be able to pick a side of the car really, really quickly without moving my hand too far away
3: i say that we're It comes in handy the most, though, is whenever you need to get out on a certain side of the car, like for a tactical advantage, you know, so like, oh, I need to take cover and use the vehicle to do so. Then you can swap to that seat really fast and then exit without
0: getting a shot. Yep. Yep. Um, Another thing to keep in mind with this is a lot of people I've been seeing are watching clips of people doing drive-bys and maintaining their speed once they switch their seat. And they're perplexed as to how they do that, because if you do it wrong, the vehicle will slow down really quickly and you'll be just a sitting duck in the middle of the field instead
2: of someone. Like the handbrake comes on if you do it wrong, yeah?
0: Yeah, instead of flying by someone. So, what you have to do is when you're switching the seat to, say, the passenger seat and say you're using my setup, hold W the whole time and then just tap E while doing that and the vehicle will continue its forward motion. Otherwise-
2: So, not decelerating-
0: yeah, don't, don't remove your finger from W and then hit your other key. So, not only is it clunky in its own right to hit control one to change seat as it normally is bound, but you're probably taking off your finger off of W. Unless I saw someone trying to say they try to do it traditionally and they broke their hand or something like they broke a finger. <laughs> they're like, I, I just I broke a finger trying to stretch them all over the place, you know. But with these binds, it makes those things a lot easier. You think about teaching yourself to hold W instead of I got to do this, this, and this, and then I can shoot the guy and oh, I'm past him or I'm stuck in the middle of the field. And he's just lining me up. It's a lot more fluid. And yeah, hold W to continue that drive by. I've, pl- I've been trying to practice them a little more. They're, they're really fun.
2: Do you do anything special for your lean keys? Like I've heard people doing like E and Q and swapping them around. So it's more ergonomic on the fingers to that is what I do. lean the opposite way. You do? And how did you, like, when did you make the change?
0: I never had a bias or, or something I had to unlearn. I, I oh, okay. learned that tip as I was making the switch to PC. And so I was just like, that intuitively makes sense to me. Let me try it. Mm-hmm. and so I just I've always learned with that method, and I like it. but I don't, right. I don't know if I'm the best at, at lean peeking like and jiggle peeking and stuff, so maybe I'm doing it wrong.
2: Right. No, no, it sounds good. Like, I, I just wanted I wanted to try and learn it, but I just could my brain would just wouldn't do it. I would I would go to lean right and I'd lean left again and again and again. So I use the foot pedals as well for leaning now. so my keyboard q and E I don't really use at all.
1: That's where I want to go. I want foot pedals, man. That sounds like the way. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, um. but if you're going to make it opposite, maybe you need to think about it's the hips, right? If you're going to go to the, if you got it switched, you mm-hmm. know, you're moving your hips.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. You're just tilting. Do you guys use crouch on toggle or on hold crouch? Toggle. Mike.
0: Um, I uh, I think I toggle. You don't, you don't know. I've I've been called a monster. But I also toggle.
2: Wow! So because I use hold to crouch.
0: Yeah, that seems actually no. I know I don't do that. Yeah, I hold the crouch. I hold to prone. Or sorry, I toggle. I toggle, toggle crouch. Toggle prone. I hold to sprint. But so let me ask you this: What button do you have crouch on? C. Left, left control, and my, and my mouse.
2: So if yeah, if I get caught in a field, whenever I instead of running for the nearest rock, which is the surest way to get shot, I just crouch, lean and shoot back in the direction and just spray until all my bullets gone or I'm dead or they're dead because I am just so over getting just murdered running through a paddock trying to get to cover. But so every time, I ADS, I'm crouching and leaning every single time. And then as soon as I let go of all those things, I'm running again. So like there's no double tap with the toggle for crouch.
1: Yeah, I guess I don't mind it because I find with toggle when you- are actually trying to dodge bullets instead of just stare someone down because you're sick of dying, (laughs) Heath. I find with Toggle, the double tap creates a very interesting and challenging pattern when you're, you know, doing the dive, duck, dodge, dip, dive, whatever, the five Fs, five Fs. It's
0: getting late here, boys.
1: But I find that the Toggle makes a, for me, it's worked better because I have done both ways. I use left control, just an old counter-strike habit, for crouch. So I find that if I'm going to be crouched for any period of time, I'd rather hit it and then get rid of it later. And especially like when I'm spraying, I'd rather hit it and know I'm crouched than have to hold another button. Agreed. That's so. why I do it too. Sure.
2: So when when you spray down, like how often would you use, say you crouch to spray?
1: 90 plus percent same yep
2: okay so and because it is significantly decreases your recoil so to anyone listening that does not crouch when they spray here's a challenge for you just to just to get the feel of how much better it is because you got the double key bind you can put your crouch on toggle no not toggle sorry on hold and bind it to q and and e as well as having lean on q and e so that every time you lean you will crouch it'll it'll fuck you up for one game you'll be in a house and you'll stare straight at the floor instead of out the window give it a go for a game so that every time you shoot at somebody you are crouching and leaning at the same time
3: Mm, see that wouldn't do any good for me because in a sniper fight i'm constantly toggling between crouch and standing to make my head harder to hit.
2: Okay, right. This is just a, an experiment to try and engage people into crouching whilst they shoot. Like it, 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 It's impossible to use in a house. You really just got to stay outside of houses. Use it out there in the outside of the houses, which is a viable tactic on its own.
1: It's a good tip, though, for somebody who's trying to learn to spray is to bind yeah. it to something that you're always going to use because once you recognize how good it is to crouch and spray you really don't want to be not doing that but to griff's point mid to long range sniper battles are often won by you know if you're behind a tree it's going to the left side then the right side then ducking to the right and then to the land varying it in a non-predictable way so it's not a long-term solution but I think it is a good test to show just how powerful it is to spray while crouched.
2: Right, that's what I was going for. Yeah,
3: was that it? Did we do it? I bet Kev's yeah, muted again.
0: No, I'm not muted. I'm over here <laughs> trying to see if I can find out what the actual modifier is for crouching in this game. Just know that it is significant. I used to think that the uh, the flash hider was pointless. Right? Why? Why would you bother? It, you know, obviously it works for muzzle flash and things, but was it really, really helping me? And then someone said. Yeah, that plus, you know, uh, crouching is like almost the same as having a comp on your gun and standing up or something like that. And so I, I know it's somewhat true, but I'd like to hear, you know, actually see what it, what it really does. If I find that, I'll try to post it in the Discord or something. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Thanks for the hangs and we'll see you all the next time. But before you go, if you want to support the podcast, even $1 per month is amazing. And we do have a Patreon that you can support us at. We also have new Patreons who have supported us. We want to thank Dark Sage, Jabron Lames Alive, Turn One Racing, and Mike Stan for supporting us. Thank you. We appreciate you. And we appreciate all of our Patreons or patrons. It does mean a lot. So, thank you very much. Keep on keeping on. Uh, you can also rate the show and leave a review via iTunes or however you get our podcast, which is very helpful as well. Guys, do you have a… Anything, where, where can we find you?
2: You can find me, Heathy Keithy, on Twitter or on YouTube. I've been making some videos lately, some more to come as well. And always hit me up on the Discord for a game. Oh, I love playing with new, strange, interesting people that have varying skill sets.
0: Yeah, when we got to that point, we do have a lot of new players here. So, uh, the skill in the LG is, is all up and down. So, don't feel like you have to put on a show or, or be the best player ever. We're not worried about your ADR and all those things. I mean, worry about it for yourself, but we're not going to hold you to it. Just join. If you want to find some people to play with, get out of that Solos grind. Join us. Uh, Mike?
1: Yeah. Uh, You can find me on Twitch most of the time. Twitch.tv forward slash MTB Trigger. I now stream during the day on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. You can also catch me on Fridays at 10 Eastern. Mm Is it 10 Eastern?
0: 10 p.m. Eastern,
1: 9 Central. At 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 Central, in the custom matches for the podcast. Again, highly recommend it. We've had more and more regular showing up. And one of the things we did want to announce here is that we're going to have some prizes for that. We have some battle pass level ups that we will be giving away for various things. We're going to have a couple per week to give away for things like top killer, top fragger, for things like the Winchester King, for things like the top fragger, and anything else that Kev or one of the hosts decides is worthy of a little boost to your battle pass. So yeah, Twitch and Twitter for me.
0: Yeah, and to build on that with the uh, the passes and having someone like a Winnie king or something like that, we're also going to try and revamp our role system within our Discord. So we used to have roles that leveled you up based on just the amount of time and number of times that you talked typing into the discord we got rid of those because they were run by some pesky bots that were silencing certain members for no reason so we got rid of them and we got rid of the roles and we're thinking that we give roles to people who regularly come to customs as a special designation for their involvement with the community and then give certain titles that you can hold on to for a week it'll be for the top fragger of the night our winnie king and our deagle monster or something we'll we'll come up with some goofy names but a little bit of bragging rights within the discord on a week to week basis to kind of keep things interesting. All right, Griff, where can we find you?
3: Uh, you can find me at YouTube mostly. It's where I do most of my good work there. Uh, so, YouTube slash Grifflicious. Uh, I stream on Twitch every once in a while. Again, Grifflicious there. You can find me and on Twitter, Grifflicious there as well.
0: All right. As always, you can find me uh, on Twitch. Actually, you can't find me on Twitch. I'm a liar. You can find me on Twitter and you can find me in the discord. On Twitter, I am at the Live. And on Discord, I'm just the one heart. You'll see me there. Uh, We'd also just like to thank Spiffy Man for his music. You can find him on Bandcamp and Spotify. And those links are in the show notes as well. As always, friend, there's a ton of content in those show notes, links, and everything. So make sure to check that out. Until next time, winner, winner, out.